Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. Yeah. All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>I just uh, love that let me, you hang you Let me go. You're like, there. you're right. pointed for the audience that's watching from home. Yep. Uh, Dodd pointed. He's like, are you going to say it? Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, I'll here just we go. We're good. You're coming Deadpool. in with me and nothing. <laughs> nothing. Hey, Casey. This hey, is your buddy. birthday pick. It is. I wanted to watch something fun and good. And boy, was this fun and good. Oh, I feel like you gave a gift to all of us for your birthday. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> I try. Uh, do you remember the marketing for this wonderful movie? I do. <laughs> they like there was literally a poster that made it seem like it was like uh, the Notebook. Yeah, you know, I I've appreciated Ryan Ryan Reynolds for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, incredibly disappointed, of course, with Green Lantern. Uh, really disappointed with what they did to the character in Wolverine. You know, X Men Origins Wolverine. Uh, Ooh, have boy. loved his other stuff. Like, what's the one where he's the music exec? He goes back to his hometown. He grew up a fat kid and the. Oh, uh, um, yeah, um, uh, I should have just heard. friends, just friends is honestly a perfect comedy, uh, with, uh, Anna Ferris, who, Amy, you, who you love, Anna Ferris and Amy Smart, right? And Amy Smart. Yes, yes, yes. Mm, yes. Ow. Uh, Amy Smart. <laughs> so, so good, but he's, you know, he's so good in everything. 
But, oh my God, I don't know that we realized how brilliant he was until this movie. I mean, certainly funny and talented and, uh, oh my God, this movie is just Yeah, amazing. he bounced around for a long time. Like, he was uh, two guys, a girl in a pizza shop. Yep, um, yep. With one of your faves, uh, Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion, was a yeah. Later, later uh, like a nemesis on the show, almost. Mm-hmm. If yep. I remember correctly, like I think he was to, like a foil. Yeah, right. Like, to the other guy, not Ryan Reynolds, right. but the other the other guy and the two guys. Yep. And wanted to get with the girl. Um, I don't remember anyone's name. Uh, and then he was, um, Zach and uh, Zach JD and um Turk's college friend for an episode on oh, uh, I, on Scrubs. Scrubs. Yeah, he was Spence. I don't know that I ever Sp- saw that. It's very early on, and literally, he did Van Wilder like six months later. Another movie I've never seen. Never came back because he became fucking Ryan Reynolds. That's right. He went on to Scrub. do the classic. I mean, you've you we've all seen it, right? The the uh, the brilliant classic star turn uh, in the title role of Paperman. Oh wait. No. How dare no. you? No. Um, but he's also done some really cool indies. Um, Buried was fantastic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by fantastic, I mean you know Horrifying. panic inducing. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Um, uh, I really was... like. Uh, you know, early on he was still, you know, he was straddling the line with comedy and action. Um, mm-hmm. What was the one I was just looking for? It oh, Blade Trinity. Uh, well, yes, right. Uh, Safe House in 2012, you know, oh, action. With, uh, is that Gerard Butler? Uh, no, it's uh, Denzel. Oh, Denzel, Denzel, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of with Gerard, oh, it's Gerard Butler and Jamie Foxx. What's that? Oh. I, That's a wild one. Yeah. I can't think of the name of it. Yeah. Uh, it's like balls to the walls, Gerard Butler. Um, but, you know. Safe House is 2012. The year before that is The Change Up with Jason Bateman. Like, <laughs> amazing, funny comedy and, you know, ridiculous, awesome action sequences. Um, and he just keeps plugging along. We did RIPD, you know, a number of seasons ago. He does that in 2013. He's one of the leads. Um, and yeah, we can, are now 75% through Ryan Reynolds. We did Paper Man, RIPD, this. Then we've got. Deadpool Blade to Blood Blade oh, I guess. And I, I'm Lantern. talking about new characters. Sorry, yeah. Oh, new characters. We've got two more characters oh, okay. that he'll he will play. Yeah, and he has already stated that this will be the last comic book character he played, but he's up for playing it until they tell him he can't anymore. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So <laughs> this. Oh, you know what? Hang on, Casey. We're we're just we're so giddy. We've got Ooh, some structure hey, here. We can't be going he, crazy here. Yeah. Hey, Todd. Since we are guys with beers, talking about movies with capes. What are we drinking? What are we drinking? That was a pretty good Ryan Reynolds. I, I nice. got you. I hear it. I hear it. So I got to put it up here and also talk. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, so you acquired our beer this week. I did. You want? Uh, I acquired the beer mainly for one purpose. Yes. To make you not think I was bringing you a birthday present. <laughs> As I have recorded this. Suspicion. It is the day after your birthday. So That's happy. Right. Belated birthday, not really, because I wish you a happy birthday yesterday. Thank but. you, thank you. Well, uh, I'm excited to drink what you brought us. So we are drinking a beer out of Fort Orange Brewing Company from Albany, New York. 
Their story began, they began brewing beer in a garage and sharing them with friends. The idea of the brewing company came to fruition in the winter of 2015. The brewery focuses on creating fresh, flavorful beers that showcase the amazing styles brewed across our country. Whether it's the Northeast IPA, Hoppy Pilsner, Irish Red, or traditional stout, they focus on bringing us great-tasting craft beer in a family-friendly environment. Uh, Their beers are available. They've got a tap room in uh, Albany, and they've also can, which we've got. And I'm assuming you acquired from our favorite beer shop. Oh, branching out, 100%. Excellent. Finest beer selection. I gave uh, Sweet Barley some uh, good old scritches, <laughs> and then he followed me around. He's like, Wait, you give scritches? That's right. That's right. The good old barley. No. <laughs> uh, this is a great beer. This is uh, uh, the visuals. I'm, I'm so excited to drink it. So we're drinking a 16-ounce craft can. We are drinking Fort Orange Brewing Company's beer, Causing Chaos. Oh, and that's what can- that's Deadpool's favorite thing to do. I mean, <laughs> Wade Wilson, pre-Deadpool in this movie, just cockshot somebody Walking down the street for no reason. That's right. That's the guy right. seems to know him, so at least there's that. But I'm like, Jesus, man. Well, we're this, supposed to root for you. I think this beer is going to give us a cock shot. It's uh, this is a Northeast IPA, six point six percent alcohol by volume. Uh, New, sorry, New England IPA. I think I did. I've done that once before, and I I caught it I after. Don't remember fact. that. Yeah, yeah. but. That was interesting. Yep. Uh, this New England IPA uh, mm-hmm. showcases Simcoe and Citra hops. Notes of peach, lemon lime, and orange sorbet are detected in this hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. I do love a sorbet. Who doesn't? I mean, it's just so refreshing. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's hazy. Holy cow. Hazy as fuck. Oh, yeah. That is a good-looking beer, my friend. Holy cow. Holy fuck, I can't even see through the glass. Yep. <laughs> That's when you know you're going to love this IPA. Well, buddy, happy birthday. Happy birthday to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just goddamn refreshing. Oh, and it's so smooth. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. a good-tasting so, beer. Uh, two things. Chuck, I know you don't like IPAs. Yep. Feel like you would like a New England IPA. Agree. Uh, well, he's and certainly also, had them. And also, his uh, it's piss actually. Um, for those watching from home, uh, if your piss is this color, please go see your urologist <laughs> and drink Very, some water. Good lord, Jesus Christ. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. You know that beer is so deceptively smooth. There is there is no bitterness at all. Like none. Oh, that's a beer that would sneak up on you and fuck you up. Just like Deadpool. Yeah. Yes. So once again, I head over. Fucking shit in your litter box. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a cat. <laughs> oh, I love that. No, one. I will fucking kill your cat. That's what That's it right. Is. I don't, I don't have even a have a cat. Then whose litter box did I shit in? <laughs> uh, so uh, head over. If you're in the greater Syracuse, New York area, head over to Branching Out Bottle Shop. Finest beer selection you're going to find. So, um, you know. Almost cast. Well, hold we on. Don't actually, we don't. What? Well, we've got some reshoots oh, we're gonna, or reactions. Well, we're gonna well, we're gonna skip reshoots and reactions for a minute, okay? Because while we don't have any almost cast, Todd. Yes, I got a little surprise for you. Okay, I said I couldn't find. I couldn't get Ryan Reynolds on. <laughs> yeah, but I got someone who auditioned, read for this movie. You're kidding. And we're going to interview them right now. 
Come on. Are you serious? <laughs> hey, where where's your picture? <laughs> it is I, the special mystery guest. <laughs> well, special mystery guest, you forgot to change your fucking name. <laughs> I didn't. I changed it to special guest. <laughs> no. Well, I, it I literally says Colin changed Ryan. <laughs> well, I literally changed my Google account to special <laughs> guest. There's no <laughs> other way to change your name on. It's not like <laughs> Zoom. You can't change a name in an individual thing. You have to go and change your... So I'm going to be sending emails to people for like three weeks that come come from special guests. (laughs) So you just just shut your chimichanga hole, son. Oh, God. So ladies and gentlemen, guys, gals, (laughs) non-binary pals, uh, in case you haven't figured it out, the special guest that we have that auditioned for this movie, Deadpool, Uh. that we are here to record, is none other than my brother, Colin Ryan. Member, Hello, Colin. member of the Five Timers Club. Hey, man. Hey. Member of the fucking mind, Five current, Timers Club. Current reigning uh, champion of Nerd Debate. No, that's true. true. That's true. This is true. We got a couple that's... more months for me to brag on that, so that's we're not right. letting it go. Ride that um, motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> not yeah. like Tom's ever going to be able to brag on it. No. Hey, I no. think this is my year. This is my year. Uh, you keep thinking that, buddy. Um, <laughs> so, Todd, you knew this information, but I knew that trivial stuff oh, like this God. just kind of leaves your brain holes, and I knew I could you get could, you with this. Yeah, you 100% did. Uh, so, Colin, before you joined us, I said, mm-hmm. and it's cut from the, the technical stuff getting in, I said, hey, man, like, should I, like, am I going to know who this person is? Because I don't want to look like a douche. And he goes, you might, you might, you might, you might recognize him. <laughs> So, well played. Well fucking played. You, you thought, like, Thomas Jane was coming yeah, on? That's right. You know, listen, listen, uh, listen, Casey got freaks for uh, that's true. no mom's got before. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm like, well, it's not Ryan Reynolds, but anybody up to that. Well, I don't think Ryan Reynolds had to audition for this since yeah, he well, that's, wi- that's, yeah. willed it into an existence with well, a uh, fire. So, what are you guys drinking? Have you done that yet? Yes. Oh, yes, we have. We'll oh. tell you now. Uh Causing chaos. It's there a New go. England IPA. Interesting. Uh, from uh, Fort Orange Brewing in Albany, New York, and it is delicious. It's like, it's like oh, orange nice. juice. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I can, look, oh my god. Look how look how yeah. hazy it is. <laughs> yeah. Also, look at my cool glass. Everybody at home, it's very hazy. It's very hazy. So, Colin, Colin, do you recognize I, this? Uh, did this I give background? you that? Yeah, you <laughs> sure did, buddy. Well, speaking of work swag, before I tell oh. any stories, Uh-oh. I'm gonna, just gonna. There we go. Now it's a podcast. Yeah, we had to. So we, I moved at work, uh, same building, different floor, and we came across oh. Oh. a little bit of conjoined triangles of success, <laughs> <laughs> which is. Is that a Game of Thrones reference? Which, no. no. Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Oh, right. This is a triple IPA that we made for the last season of Silicon Valley. Now, you may be saying, but Colin, the last season of Silicon Valley was a while ago. <laughs> it was a while ago. Right. 10% ABV. It's oh. fine. Oh, oh my. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's practically motor oil. Alcohol is a preservative. That's right. That's right. Colin, tell us about... Actually, I was thinking about your acting work the other day because oh. I was flipping channels and... No, I was reading an article like... The what the heck was it? It was a some compilation of like the best like low key horror movies you should watch. And it, it, Van Helsing was on the list. Oh, and I, how fucking dare you! Uh, 
Well, listen, I don't know. Uh, but it was, but um, they you, talked about. Well, you were, I mean, it was like a list article. So, you know, you got a paragraph on the movie, but you were in a production of a play with the gentleman who was Frankenstein's monster in Van Helsing. That's Schuller correct. Hensley. Schuller Hensley. Schuller Hensley. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, oh, Colin, there's a, there's a degree of separation there. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, this it, is, I, go ahead, Casey. Is it okay to mention that you've heard him sing uh, Family Opera in German in his uh, kitchen? Well, it wasn't his kitchen. It was Patrick Stewart's, but yes. Oh, oh right. Yes, I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. You seem to have dropped a name there, sir. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> you should probably uh, pick that up. <laughs> uh, well, it's funny. It's funny because actually the way that this. Now, first of all, I know you're going to file this in the almost cast section. I was not almost cast. <laughs> <laughs> I almost auditioned. No. Um, you auditioned. Stop. I did. I did. But so th- it actually came about uh, right after that time when I was mm-hmm. doing uh, the, the the play on Broadway with those folks. Um, the same person who had cast me in that was being a wonderful um, supporter of my career afterwards, as if you're lucky enough to uh, find a casting director who's interested in doing that it's great and she was you know she was you know asking me to come in and read for stuff but also using me was as what's called a reader so a reader for those of you who don't know is at an audition uh, an actor comes in they have what's called sides it'll be part of a scene um you know that the, what the the team want the act, casting team wants to hear them read and see them put their stamp on. And then the reader is the person who's reading the other side, all the other roles in the scene. So um, wasn't wasn't Harrison Ford initially like the reader for Han Solo with a whole bunch of. Yes, uh, I believe that's true. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was doing like carpentry work in George Lucas's office or something or he was around. And yeah. At the, time I was, at the time, I was working as a reader a lot, and it was really great because I got to spend a lot of time in casting rooms with some pretty cool folks and, and some some interesting big names and, and just be part of casting a lot of uh, Broadway musicals and a few other things. But for this, uh, Eileen Starger, who was the casting director, she was not the primary cast director for the film. They were doing something that they do a lot where the film is obviously mostly cast out of the... Uh, West Coast out of Los Angeles, but they do kind of New York coverage. So they subcontract to a casting director in New York to just like especially- if there's somebody in New York that we should see, this is an opportunity to see them. They don't, we don't have exactly. to bring them to LA. Got it. Yeah, to sort of do a first round of stuff. And if they really got interested in someone, they would then, you know, either film them again or bring them out to LA more likely. Yep. Um, and as far as I remember, they were mostly looking at three roles, which was Ajax oh. mm-hmm. yeah. and Vanessa and Negasonic Teenage Warhead. And Colin auditioned for Negasonic Teenage, <laughs> Teenage Warhead. Warhead. Of course. Yeah, yeah you see would. how this didn't sure. work my out hair, for him. My hair at the time was, <laughs> no. Um, no, it was funny because I actually none of those names were in what we were given. Uh, right. So it was very, very secret. It's so funny because the casting director wrote to me. She said, oh, I'm, I'm shooting, casting this film. Da, da, da. I'd love for you to read for it, but also be the reader. Sure. So, you know, I did my audition and then kind of hung out for the rest of the day and helped other people read, which yep. in, in and of itself is a really fun kind of thing to do. I can't remember. Sometimes that would pay. I can't remember if I got paid for doing it for yeah. this or not. But she well, goes, say you did. She goes, it's one of those Marvel movies. So it's really <laughs> secret. 
and you're not going to get any scripts. You're just going to get sides, and the sides are going to be all messed up. So the, all the names were changed. But, uh, and at what, no point did anybody ever say the word Deadpool. When you wow. saw the movie, was there any dialogue that was recognizable from the sides? I can tell you the three sides. They were all in the movie. Okay. Wow. wow. That's wild. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's so mostly, fucking cool. They were mostly the introductory scenes, right? So okay. the Ajax scene was... The, in the, the lab, in the lab, the very first scene where he's—I uh, I remember he—he's—I you know—I went looking in my email to see if I still had these sides somewhere, yeah, yeah. and they must not. Have, I now remember they must not have emailed them to me. They—they uh, they sent me a link to a place I was downloaded, and it was sure. watermarked. Yeah. I mean, the mm-hmm. whole—it's funny because now you know I where I work, we we deal with like leaks and watermarks and stuff sure, like sure. that from the other end. Yep. But at the time, I was like, oh look at this nuts. Um, <laughs> I don't, but I wanted to find them to see if I could tell you what the names were changed yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all the all the name proper nouns were changed, and a couple others like really identifiables. And it was untitled Marvel movie. Okay, they didn't they didn't even they didn't even have like it. a working title or anything. Yeah, I don't remember that, that there was a code title. Okay, if I remember, I don't think so. It was just untitled Marvel movie. But they did but, acknowledge it's a Marvel movie, so they did. Or actually, That's I, wild. I believe it was untitled. Fox Marvel production or something because it right, wasn't an, at that point they had to make the distinction. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't well, an MCU film. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's not Marvel Studios. This is a Fox uh, right. production. Yeah, yeah, and it. But I knew what it was. You know, it wasn't hard for me to know. I knew the film was coming, and it was very easy to catch. And I was going, "Oh, I can't even tell which characters these are." And, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, uh, for our viewers at home. <laughs> I will say both of the Ryan men are tall gentlemen. They're you we guys are. have you guys have height. Um, Ed Screen, who you know was cast as Ajax, you know has that like almost beanpole, right? Like he's he's tall but super super lean. Yeah. You have a different. You know you are a physically larger guy. That would have been an yeah. interesting. It would have been an interesting uh, portrayal of that. Well, I was so funny because. You know, a casting director also kind of serves as a as a bit of a first run acting coach or director for you. So you know, you get to do things a couple times, and they say, "I think it's more this." I think it's you know, they give you notes, and you take another take, and all of this is being filmed, right? As yep. as is is standard for a film audition. Mm-hmm. Are they also at, looking at your? I'm sorry to interrupt. Are they also ahead. looking at your ability to be directed? Like, how do you respond to feedback and adjust? Is that in it the can be. Or, okay. That usually comes in later, like when a direct you're actually dealing with a director. It's really okay. more you usually usually they're only going to send maybe one take. Um, okay. Oh, okay. But mm-hmm. like I said, this casting director was also somebody I was friendly with, and who was sort of you know rooting for me. She was also you know because I wound up getting that job in on Broadway through her. But at the time, I didn't even have an agent, so she's like, okay, we got to find you an agent. She's introducing wow. me to people, and yeah, um, I remember when this all going down. Yeah. Uh, and so, funnily, her take on that first scene with Ajax talking to him and he's strapped to the bed, you know, yeah, yeah. and he's mm-hmm. talking about how he's going to, all terrible things he's going to do to him and things like that, was just like absolutely no pleasure or sadism. It's strictly business. Mm. Oh, and Ed does it the exact opposite. I did notice that when I saw the film. <laughs> Motherfucker. Uh, right. He's practically masturbating while talking yeah. about it. He's like, oh, it's going to be so good. 
<laughs> oh, I almost got a spit take from Todd. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it is rather different. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so I read that scene a few times, and then I read the other half of that scene. So read the way dialogue. Sure. For a bunch of guys who came in to read that. Did you do a Ryan Reynolds impression once you figured out what it was? (laughs) No, No, but I mean, it did help me to know what it was and and have read Deadpool comics and just get the general gist of it, you know, to sort of, it's interesting when you do things like that, where you, you know how somebody else is going to play it and you're sort of serving as the reader. I mean, when I was doing a reader stuff, you know, I, I, I had to read women. You know, you, you read the other side of things all the time. Right. Uh, so you try, you really do try to, and sometimes you're reading two or three things while some person in, you know, this is a four person scene. You're reading three fourths of it. And are right, you, because the, the, um, so you want to give Ajax them different energy scene has angel dust saying some stuff yeah. too. So that was probably cut. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. But so I was interested in that. So if you're the reader, are you are, you are trying to give them some kind of something to work off of, right? You're not reading I, dispassionately. I always did. Yeah, I always did. And certainly I tried to get up out of my script when I could give them eye contact. You know, I mean, I remember, you know, or, you know, listen when it's their turn to talk so that they had talked to a person, things like that, you know. Yeah, um, don't just leave your face buried in the script. Yeah. You know, by that point, I'd, I'd been auditioning for, you know, over a decade and almost 15 years in New York. And uh no, what am I? That, that's not how time works. No, I've been. <laughs> no, I was like, wait, no, no, the fuck out. It wasn't that long. Um, so this comes out in 2016. So at this point, it's probably no, yeah, 2014 or 15. I had, yeah, it was December of 20. I looked it up. It was December 2014 that this was okay. all going down. Yeah, yeah. And you came um, to the city in uh, yeah, 2000. So it had been almost 15 years. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So I knew what I would want from a reader. So I always tried to be that yeah, person, yeah, yeah. right? Um, sure. You know, plus. It also they were often long days. You'd be doing it sometimes for eight hours. So reading dispassionately for eight hours is boring as shit. Sure. So <laughs> it's, it, it always goes a little faster. So the other scenes were the first Vanessa Wade scene, oh. the compar- the comparative trauma. Yeah. Bit, oh, were they yeah, talking yeah. about all the terrible things? Yeah. Oh, you had a you had a dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you had yeah. a dishwasher. Yeah. Um, and I remember. I'm, I actually think some of the some of the details of that might have been slightly different from the film. I remember when I saw it, oh, but not okay. not in a we were changed. Just it got rewritten, not because they were trying to hide details. Yeah, yeah, in the, yeah, in right. the big what, secret watermark yeah, right. world. Right. But um, <laughs> but I do remember being like, wow, this is this is you know this is out there stuff for a superhero film. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, and I read that one a bunch. They were mostly looking. There were only a couple other Ajaxes, if I recall. Um, I think they were really trying to find the Vanessa and then the Negasonic Teenage Warhead, which I wish I remember what because they had that name in there. It's the scene where he's making fun of her name. Sure. Oh, right. What or the shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. it's a kick-ass name. You want to trade? You <laughs> but trade I forget what they made it. It was something else. And of course, what, right? Because of course because they, they make it cannonball. Because that's pretty much who she is yeah. in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a fun day. It really was, and you know, I was awesome. Man. I was really, you know, kind of happy to be doing it, and uh, you know, it, it was one of those things. At the time, even I knew, oh, I'm I'm basically doing this for the story. Sure. You know. <laughs> so, it's a, and, but it, it's a lottery and, ticket, right? Like, give up a day, and maybe there's a chance that you win everything, right? Like, and yeah. nine years later, you get to talk about yeah. it on a marginally successful <laughs> on podcast. One of the greatest podcast. Oh, 
Well, I mean, yeah, you, you yeah, do right. reader work because it it it's a, it builds relationships with casting directors, right? Sure. You know, what I mean, sure. sure. And sure. I did it did happen like at least two Broadway shows that I did long term reader things for. They eventually asked me to audition for because they're like, well, we like all the voice we're hearing for eight straight hours a day. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's a good know? sign. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we don't want to so, kick you out of the room. That's good. Right. And uh, both of those yeah. shows were really financially unsuccessful. So take from that what you will. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The reader gigs were fun. No, the two things that I, that I wound up auditioning for after being a reader that neither was successful were an original musical called, it should have been you. <gasps> oh, right. Yeah. Wh- that's which right, was, did. which was written by David Hyde Pierce's longtime partner and directed by David Hyde Pierce. So actually oh, wow. I s- spent like a month, going to work with David Hyde Pierce every day, who is... That's tough. That's tough. A, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a, actually a phenomenally kind and charming person. Um, yeah, that's and, cool. Uh, and really funny and talented. And, he, yeah, he just one day he was like, hey, uh, we think you're great. Why don't you read for this part, you know? Um, <laughs> and it, it wasn't right for it, but it was, you know. It's, and the other... It's it was nice that he did yeah. that. Yeah. And unfortunately, the show was sort of about like a, a very. It, I thought it was kind of funny, a funny farce about about a um, about a gay couple that is like pretending to be straight so they can, you know. To, and it had been written when gay marriage was illegal, and then had to kind of be re, by the time it made it to Broadway, gay sure. marriage was legal. You and can just, just get married, right? Yeah, kind of <laughs> didn't work anymore for that reason. <laughs> uh, so I don't think that did, that went very far. I don't think it clo- closed in a couple of weeks. Then I, uh, I, the other one was um, Doctor Zhivago, the musical, which closed in a week. <laughs> is is the concept album not the wonderful Australian singer Anthony Warlow? I have no idea. Uh, I've heard bits and pieces of it, and I'm like, "Oh, Anthony, you sound wonderful." This is garbage. The uh, it was Ramin Kamarulu was going to be doing it in Broadway, and they really thought they had the next Les Misérables on their hands. Oh God! And and they did not. Dr. Zhivago, um, yeah, the story yeah. is set in Russia during World War One and the Russian Civil War. I mean, that's just so uplifting. You mean people didn't flock to that? I, I mean, know. did you, you know. miss the part where Colin said they thought they had the next Les Mis? <laughs> I mean, tell me where Les Mis is uplifting for more than like ten minutes. Uh, I remember that the lyrics, the lyrics to the song I sang were, were peace and bread and freedom for everyone. <laughs> See, that's what it is. It's Les Mis. They were going after Les Mis, right? Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, is, uh, who who wrote it? Was it Bubiel and Schoenberg? No, it was... No. Oh, oh, Mary, why am I buying her name? She wrote The Secret Garden. Oh, so they were going for the the, the Secret Garden route. It yeah. Had, Mar- Mary... It had been in development for a hundred years, really. I mean, it really mm-hmm. was a long, gestating project. What, what's the joke about Russian history or like the... The, the appeal of Ru- the drama of Russian history is like things were bad and then they got worse. Worse. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? like, uh, have, have, Callan, have you watched The Great on Hulu? Mm-mm. Oh, Casey, I've you heard have, it's right? Good. Oh, my no. God. Neither of you have? First no, is of it all, good? Oh, my God. It's phenomenal. There's two seasons out. It is a Nicholas must Holt watch. and Nicholas Holt and uh, what's her name? Elle uh, Fanning, right? Yes, yes, yeah. Dakota's younger yeah, yeah. sister. It is brilliant. And oh, Nicholas, Holt, it is? Oh. Nicholas Holt never, uh, I mean, he's fine as, you know, young beast, you know. He's, oh my God, the guy's 
brilliant. It's it, it is it's a one of the best things in uh, Mad Max. Oh, oh yeah, that's there. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. A, he, did you see the menu yet, Todd? He's terrific. Oh, in that. He's no, a terrific. No, was I think no, he's a really terrific good. actor. The menu was so fucking good. It's on my list. It, it popped up on it's, HBO Max. I think. I, I it, think it's going to be just you. I don't think it's oh, an Aubrey movie. Oh no no. Jack Elizabeth Will. really liked it. Jack Jack and I watched Megan last night. I, I was mainly on my oh. phone. Jack, yeah, he Jack is a horror guy. I. It's, it's not really that horror. I don't think it's gonna let me suspense. Todd, have yeah. you did you watch did you watch um Banshees of Inisherin yet? Uh I'm about halfway through it. Okay. I like it. Wait a minute, Aubrey I haven't will watched not it, so watch fucking spoil it. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I yeah. was just gonna say I won't spoil anything, but I'll say I was very surprised. My mother, our mother, bailed hard in the middle of the of the menu mm-hmm. and loved Banshees of Inisherin. And Banshee's Vision Sharon is way sadder and more disturbing. Uh, yeah. Um, but I mean, but Casey, watch it to watch to see Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson acting their motherfucking asses oh, off. Oh, it's on my list. Oh, I just Ireland. haven't gotten around. Yeah, yeah it's really good. I, um, I watched I watched Plane. Oh, how yeah. was that? It was exactly what it needed. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to call it? Really, it was really good, but it was is really there any, stupid. Is there any way I'm going to be... As entertained as I was, as when the title came up in that fucking trailer, though. <laughs> no, not at all. But, but oh my god, it like you you in the back of your head. I guarantee you're going to be running going. The, the title. I guess the only fucking title for this movie is plain. Like, there's yeah. no way for it to be anything else. Because uh, they couldn't name it the captain that he is. Because then people would think it was like a Captain Phillips ripoff or something. Got it. But it it, it it's good. Okay. And, and I, I mean, also watched a knock the work, at, at the cabin, and that was the thing I watched. Oh, oh yeah. I almost watched that the other night. Just don't watch it. Don't waste my time. All right. It's it, Batista's good, but so let, okay. If I'm sitting at home and I'm drinking some beer and I've had an edible and I just there we want, go. That's <laughs> jazz gummy will probably help that right, go down a little smoother. It. Roger. All right. Okay. That'll work. Roger cool. Dodger. All right. All right. Well, Colin, do you have any other uh, anecdotes you want to share? Like any other uh, meals you had at uh, Sir Patrick Stewart's house? <laughs> well, it wasn't technically his house so much as the house he was staying in when we sure. were all out of town together. Were uh, his clothes there? Did he sleep there? It was his house. <laughs> Wherever Patrick let, Stewart let sleeps is his this. fucking Just house. let him have it. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's more you, you sure, respect it's not the that. man that is Sir Patrick Stewart. Oh, yes. Uh, I, and, and indeed I do. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean it was it was a wild time. I was it was sort of the you know like a year that where after that was sort of the peak of my acting career uh, as it was, and uh, yeah, it was I, I was really happy to have done it and good times. You did a short movie from that too, right? Oh yeah, that oh movie. yeah, I've seen that movie. Wait, that movie? No, no, no not you, that one. Oh, a different you one. Haven't um, oh, with Colin? Um, he wasn't in it. He auditioned for it and they didn't cast him. Didn't you do something with him though? Uh, yeah, I was his reader. Oh, I for thought that you movie, were in and the I same thought, movie. Oh, they'll definitely cast him because he's so good. Um, who, who, Colin, who were, Colin Donnelly, uh, Tommy from uh, Arrow, his best friend, but also uh. a big Broadway star. He was in Violet. He was in Anything Goes. Oh, um, he was in Songs for New World. He was in Songs for New World. Co- yeah, Colin Donnell. Uh, Is it Donald? Colin Donnell, not Donnelly? Donald. Yeah, Colin okay. Donnell. Oh, he, um, he yeah, has did you get that far in Arrow? Did you get to, to uh, Tommy? Did, no, he did not get that far. But he he certainly has a familiar. Oh wait, face. you had to have. He's in like the second episode. Yeah, he's a good actor. Oh, good okay. actor. He's Oliver's best friend. He's Malcolm's it son. It didn't. I gotta be honest with you. It didn't. 
the reason I've never gone back to it, Arrow just didn't grab me. It was fine. <gasps> I know. I know. I know. How dare you? I know. Um, but yeah, no, that that I that was the same situation with that that casting director had me do do a reader gig and audition for one of the principal roles in that, which that I thought I might actually get, um, but did not. And and then they cast me as like an umpire at the kids' yeah. baseball game or something. And that's actually how I joined SAG, you know. What's and, it really? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I was like, well, now I must join. And because sure. uh, after a certain number of jobs, you must join. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is cool because I still get screeners. Um, <laughs> the move, the the movie was the I think the the, <laughs> the movie uh, was not my favorite thing I've ever done. So okay, <laughs> it All turned right. out well, to, it turned out to have a a, a rather strong uh, Christian message that was not obvious oh, to no. me until Ugh. I'd seen the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, thank you. I'm allergic. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's a perfect example. Though we've talked about this a few times on the podcast that <clears throat> you know I have this belief. Not that it's like shocking, but you do not necessarily know the movie you're making when you're performing, right? Like when you're working and filming, you don't know what it's going to be because that's all about the editing. And well, sometimes, yeah, a lot just can get changed in an editing room, right? I mean, like you know, the the, the Star Wars story is perfect. That basically the first Star Wars was constructed in the editing room, mm-hmm, um, really? and the the original yeah, cuts yeah. were a. Oh yeah, he, I cannot remember the name of the woman, um, re- listeners. Look it up. Um, that uh, that did it, but basically the editors saved that saved movie. That. It was apparently wow. you can find really blow by blows of how they fix things. And if you go back once you've seen it, you can see how they took shots and used inserts. No to, kidding. To to help tell stories. We needed to do something no, different. Yeah. Wait, we've all seen the prequels. We know what happens when, <laughs> when yeah, it's exactly. unadulterated George, George Lucas. Lucas. Like yeah. kind of, yeah. Um, it's fucking garbage. <laughs> that movie, that short, I I did. I can't remember if it was a short. I guess it, I think it was a feature, actually. I was can't it? Maybe, but it was like, Well, wasn't know. the kid who was in... Um, yes, the kid who was also named Colin. That may be where I'm getting <laughs> yeah, confused. Who was one of the two boys who played the boy in Waiting for Gatto on Broadway. Oh. Uh, yeah, he was... Um, he was, was in he it. The, he was, was he the kid, kid the night it. you went on? God was Colin. Did Colin go on the night I was on, or did Aiden? Um, I, they're adults now. I can say their names. Sure, uh, it was yeah. ten years ago. And also, ago. It, you can look up the playbill. That's not hiding anything. Like this is, I <laughs> you can think, find the playbill for waiting for. I think Gump, it was. Gadot I and, think it was Colin, but I might be wrong. That's, that's wild. Um, now, now waiting for what was the play you did with? Waiting for Godot. Oh, that was waiting for with Patrick Stewart and Patrick Stewart, pa- Ian McKellen, Billy Crudup, and Schuler Hensley. Well, Billy, but I didn't do it with Billy because I (laughs) went on for Billy. You were his understudy. He was both Schuler and Billy's understudy. That's crazy. Okay, Uh, Colin, thank you so much for joining us. This was was great. This is a delightful surprise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Have fun fun talking. She goes about this movie until twelve thirty. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) No. 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 You know, uh, as much as I don't like it, having the um, plot synopsis, the plot synopsis in front of us keeps us a little more on track. But it's good. We talk more about the stuff that is worth talking about. Yeah. Drank most of the beer. Well, I have a second one there. Yeah. Yeah. But when did the mushrooms roll in? Right here, uh, motherfucker. Listen, I've only recorded Stone once. Uh, <laughs> I remember that episode. Yeah, I oh I God. told Casey I wouldn't do that anymore. But <laughs> yes, I, I, I texted you literally when we were done. I'm like, hey, man, 
were you stoned yeah. <laughs> during that? And you were like, yeah. I'm like, please, I'm, never on again. On the plus side, I had a delightful evening that time. Oh, I'm so <laughs> glad you did. <laughs> uh, well, listen. Do I, I get hope, one stoned episode? This is what I'm hearing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I hope that, you know, to our listeners, you know, we've we've got an idea for for nerd debate this year. I hope it no, comes to fruition. we're going to tease it out right now? Okay, yeah. I'm just, no, just teasing that we have an idea. I hope it yeah, comes to fruition. that's what I said, teasing it out. Yeah, oh, sure. That um, as well. Yeah. yeah, that would be fun. That would so, be fun. Yeah. Fingers crossed. We'll figure it out. Yeah. That's right. All right, brother. Thank you very much for doing this. All right, have, have fun. See you, Thanks, Todd. man. It's good seeing you. Uh, bye. I'm having a delightful time. That was that was a wonderful surprise. And you know what? Once you said it, I do remember you saying that Colin had you know read for right, but it's not something that's like in no, the forefront yeah. of your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for anniversaries, birthdays, mm-hmm. social security numbers, stuff like that. That's right. Oh, that was that was great. That was awesome. What? That's so funny. So again, me saying, "Hey, will I know who this person is?" Because I don't want to look like a dick. <laughs> you know, you played that perfectly. You're like, yeah, sure you might did. recognize. Well, you, you, you might recognize yeah. him. You may have. You may have been in stiff competition with him a couple times. Oh, son of a bitch! He stole. He stole the crown this year. That's okay. I'm gonna take it back this summer. No worries. No oh, worries. that's adorable. You think so? Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> hey. So what? Before we started this, yes, yes. You said something about that we had some... Reshoots and reactions. Yep, we sure do. No, you're pouring your beer. I know. A dick move, Ryan. That's okay. All right. That's Listen, I can do both. I can do both. All right. So, I have recharged my beer because we had a delightful conversation with Colin. Uh, our good buddy, Josh. Hey, one half, Josh. One half of the great uh, podcasters over at the fourth pillar of play, which... Oh, yes. And Josh and Talon, yes. I did not catch that five... <laughs> Plus six is 13. <laughs> but I'm going to fire the shots back over to them on our podcast. <laughs> I, I, I did tell them at our D&D game last week. I'm like, now Casey is a pedant, but he Me? might not necessarily catch a number discrepancy. Wait, did you actually say that to them? I did. I did. Holy shit. Yes. I'm behind. Yep. That episode was a while ago and yeah. I got to it and all of a sudden they started saying Casey. I'm like. They're talking about different Casey, yeah, and all no. of a sudden, I'm like, wait, motherfucker, they're talking about me. They said this is numbers. Like, I don't know. They're this like, shit. we know Casey hasn't listened to that episode yet because he hasn't said it, and that's when I said, well, he may not have caught it because of, you know, sometimes numbers don't always work. So, well, well Talon, then go. You you haven't listened to that episode yet. You're behind too. I'm behind too. That's right. Because <laughs> he's like, Casey, we know you listen. We know you listen. So you better respond. <laughs> I right. better get a, a text from you. I'm like, that's right. Holy shit, Talon. <laughs> uh, now. So our good buddy Josh, and again, if if you are so, they have a brilliant podcast, the Fourth Pillar of Play, which is which is uh, inviting the the listeners along as they are figuring out how to build a world and all the mm-hmm. associated pieces for Dungeons and Dragons. It's a phenomenal episode or phenomenal podcast. Go check them out one hundred percent. Almost had to take a deep south turn with the uh, OLG yeah, nonsense that went right. on. OGL, yeah, yeah, yeah. OGL, yeah. yeah, yeah. Damn it, I knew I was going to say it wrong. They did a great job of navigating that, though. They're they're back on track, so no worries. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. clearly, Josh is listening to we've we've shared some stuff from the Patreon Vault. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tombstone just released, and Josh, I know Josh was listening to it. So I'll be I got one there. text, and then I got a bunch of text, and so oh, I'm gonna, I'm going to read them all. And Go this, for is, it. this is why we had them on for Conan the Destroyer, because 
both Talon and Josh have great perspectives. They're interesting guys, and I, I like I like listening to them. So Me too. he said, hot take, I feel Tombstone is essentially superhero cinema wrapped in a cowboy aesthetic. Fuck. Yeah, Just, I was like, oh, that yeah. that is really good. And you know, I, mean, I said you might want to you might want to wear some uh, oven mitts with that hot take. Yeah, but I said you know that's that's good. I said that makes a lot of sense. I like Tombstone, but in my opinion, it doesn't quite capture the feel of what I think as a western. For me, it's mm-hmm. always been like ten degrees off, and that's a really good way of framing it. Um, he said, and then he followed up his quote after I sent this. I thought quote. But aren't superheroes just cowboys in a sci-fi aesthetic? But I would Sometimes, be surprised yeah. to find the vibe of if uh, I would be surprised to find that the vibe of Tombstone didn't heavily influence the 2000s era hero boom. I mean, I love it, but I'm almost, but it's almost all sizzle, no steak, plot-wise. Uh, fair. <laughs> and again, I, and I said when we recorded it, it's, yeah. I think Tombstone's yeah, yeah, a good yeah. movie. But I, I, I did not have that as my best of the westerns. Right. Um, it was good. I enjoyed it, but yeah. He, he had some more stuff. He said, you know, visuals are very clean, larger than life. I was like, yep, agree. I talked about, uh, I think The Hateful Eight has some of the greatest visuals in cinema that I've seen in recent agree. years. Agree. And I don't like Quentin Tarantino, like but it's a, be- it's a beautiful movie. Yep. Yeah. Um, he came back also on Tombstone. The priest he kills prophesized Ringo's death to him. He is killed by a pale rider at the point in the film where Wyatt has declared that he is bringing hell with him. Another good take. So oh, shit. That's yeah. a great take, Josh. Yep. Later on, we were talking about Michael Bean. He said Michael Bean's career fell off because in his younger days, he's he had started to feel that he was a serious actor and started to turn down certain roles. Of course, I said that's sad. He didn't want to always be the tough soldier, Josh said. Eventually, the offers stopped coming. Um, I was a huge fan since The Terminator, right? Like, you know, I love yeah. him in that role. Um and uh, Josh said, you know, do you get a better 80s role model for young men? Hicks is a strong, traditionally masculine man who's willing to submit to the judgment and skills of a woman? Question mark. Always happened back then. Um, and I <laughs> I liked Hitz, Hicks in roles, but I never really rooted for him. I was, uh, I was a... I put out. I was a fan of Lethal Weapon era Mel Gibson. So, uh, oh. and he said, "In Aliens, as long as Burke died, everything else was gravy." So, oh, Burke. You know, Josh. Thanks for sharing. Uh, yeah, man. There's a reason why awesome. you've got a great podcast. You and Talon both uh, love the stuff you guys are doing. So keep doing that. So we're about a couple weeks away from the. Um, uh, Dungeon Dragons movie, right? It's oh, the end of this yes month. Yes, we are. Yes. What if we, maybe we should, uh, this will come out, uh, <laughs> this will come out after. So why the fuck are we doing this? But we, we'll cut this. We should, uh, we should have them together again to do a, uh, a review. Sure. I mean, cross, cross podcast and, and we'll put it on both platforms as bonus apps. All right. Great. I'm in. Uh, yeah, that comes out March 31st. So, all right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait. No, it won't. What the fuck? I'm doing math wrong again. Surprise, oh. surprise. You're welcome, Talon. Um, <laughs> no, this won't come out until April. So Yeah, so well after that. So maybe they've already yeah. heard that. No. Yes. So I was doing the math right. God yeah. fucking de- edit this so I sound smart. Um, I'm not that good of an editor. <laughs> absolute fucker of all mothers. <laughs> all right. Okay, so we had some reshoots. We had some reactions. 
Uh, Casey, last did, thing. Yeah, there was no, there was no almost cast. We'll go over the money in a second. Let's talk about uh, Wade Wilson real quick. Sure. Uh, the fact that the only reason that we have Ryan Reynolds in this part is because Wade in the comics made a joke about how he looks like Ryan Reynolds had sex with a radioactive Sharpay. <laughs> yeah, that ends up in this movie. So this has been obviously, you know, ever I, I feel like this is widely known. This has been a passion project for Ryan Reynolds for years. Pretty much since then. <laughs> now the character is way older than you would think. So Deadpool is created by and I, I'm gonna get his name wrong and I feel bad. Fabian Nichezzi. Nichezzi and Rob Liefeld. The character first appeared I'm reading from the Wikipedia. The character yeah. first appeared from New Mutant in New Mutants number ninety eight which came out in December of 1990. Yeah, and he was, I don't think he was snarky. I no, think he was no. actually like He was like Deathstroke, yeah. Now, in his comic book appearances, Deadpool is initially depicted as a supervillain of the New Mutants and X-Force, although later stories would portray him as an anti-hero. Deadpool, yeah, I like anti-hero Yeah, of co- oh, of course. Uh, Deadpool is the alter ego of, Ego of Wade Wilson, a disfigured Canadian mercenary with superhuman regenerative healing abilities. He is known for his tendency to joke incessantly and break the fourth wall for humorous effect. Now, sure, his nickname is the Merc with the Mouth. The Merc with the Mouth, which made, which made the decision in X Men Origins all the more worse. That's like, okay. They, they take care of it in this movie. They take care of it in the next movie. <laughs> in this movie. Well, they they show the figure, but the, he takes care of it in the next movie. No, Ajax says, if you keep mouthing off, I'm going to yeah. show, show sure. your fucking mouth shot. Like, and oh, he goes, oh, that the, would not be a good idea. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That he, is not a, they, don't sell my mouth shot. He goes, we heard no, no, the backlash. They, they acknowledge it in this movie. They take care of it in the next movie. Mm-hmm. With the, the, Careful, Todd. That's a spoiler. And credit scenes we're going to spend a minute on at the end of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Ryan Reynolds, you know, has this passion around this character and, you know, is trying to get this movie made for like 10 years, right? Yep. Um, the, the story goes that they did some test footage that somehow was leaked to the internet, question mark. Who could have leaked it? Um, and, and Ryan Reynolds has all but done like the wink to camera, right? Like He's to- offered $10 million to the person who can... Say who leaked the footage? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Because um, it's fucking him. I, Have you ever you've seen it? Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. It's amazing, and it's it, it's it's the fight. It's the bridge fight in the car, and it's a bridge fight to the fight in the suburban with a very different voice on Deadpool. Yeah, it's not the oh hello. It's oh hello. I'm Deadpool, and I'm like, now yeah. I'm glad you did the other voice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as a result of that, like pirate rebel move, we, you know, the, 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 the groundswell of fan support, you know, tells Fox, okay, this is actually going to get made, which I gotta be honest with you. The fact that they had to be convinced is stunning to me after the shitty X-Men movies they'd done. The fact that they had to be convinced to do this is shocking. I think on paper, the exec said, well, no one liked Deadpool in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Sure. Spoiler alert. That's not that's Deadpool. not Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're like, we don't want to make a whole movie about this character. I get their logic, but seeing that test footage, because they had seen it and said no. And I'm no. like, right. how do you say no? And that's not gonna be the first or last time 
I'm sorry, that's not going to be the last time that, we, that Fox fucks up that we Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> because you remember the animated movie they were supposed to do? What is that? I, oh, it's the light thing. I was like, what is that? Oh, it's the light. I didn't think that was in camera. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's right. They were going to do a Deadpool animated And series. it got canceled, and Donald Glover released the footage of it, and I went, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. This is amazing. L- listen, uh, y- y- you know, movie making is a business, and you need business people. I, I don't dispute that. However, just because you people. are a, just because you are a business person doesn't mean you. I mean, again, at the core of this, this works when it's good storytelling. I mean, it would be almost like a CEO of a major major movie studio canceling a movie six <laughs> days before it's done with its post product with its principal photography to make two billion dollars. <laughs> I mean, that would just be fucking stupid, right? Well. If it made $2 billion, I think you framed that wrong because say, that's say how that much they made to cancel that movie. Oh, the, well, the way you just framed that, the, the problem is that makes sense. That makes business sense, right? No, it doesn't. You hedging your bets. That movie could have made $2 billion. Wait, wait but it made $2 billion. No, no, no. It only made $2 billion because they cat, they did the producers route, the, the musical and the, the Mel Brooks movie, the producers, because they could claim it as a loss because the sure. film will never be released. It's all Therefore, some they cost. lost it's money. The insurance yeah. company paid them $2 billion. Uh, I'm, so as someone who works in insurance, I'm skeptical that you could make essentially an arbitrary decision. We're not going to release this. And claim that as a covered loss. It wasn't an arb- it wasn't an arbitrary arbitrary decision. He came out and said, "Oh, I didn't like the dailies. We done sorry, some test that, footage. That's that's arbitrary. I'm saying that you have the you have the ability to decide yes or no. Are we going to release it? That I would be shocked if that was a covered loss. That's 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 absolutely what happened. That's what went down. Okay, I am on record as skeptical of that, but okay. Oh, are you still on record that rogue comments don't have a set trajectory? Because listen, this one, this one, I have. I'll, a higher, I'll pull up the fucking article right now, this motherfucker. One, this one has a higher degree of confidence than that. Uh, no, it's <laughs> okay, just, you, you, that's fair. As an underwriter, like like you, you're looking to protect against risk. The risk on a movie, as someone who does not work in movie insurance. Well, they wrote they wrote that contract under a different CEO. He took over midstream. That, that doesn't yeah, that doesn't matter. But the the coverage would say if these things happen, we will pay you out this. I would be incredibly surprised to the point of shock if the the policy for that production said if you decide not to release this film, we will pay you this. And that's what happened. So so the whole term of covered loss, I would be shocked if somehow that was a covered loss. Now, what is entirely possible is, regardless of whether they release it or not, everything they spent is an expense, right? Like, that is an expense against your revenue, so it will reduce your taxable liability. Presumably, my assumption would be, once you're done with principal photography, you still have all of post-production. You have all of special effects, which are not cheap nowadays. And then you have the massive marketing campaign. So uh-huh. you would have been spending additional money. My assumption would be, they said, when we spend all that additional money, we're not going to make enough. We will simply s- stop here. 
Everything we paid off is an expense. It reduces our taxable liability, and we're not throwing, from their perception, good money after bad. Okay, so the issue with spending money to expand the scope of uh, movie redacted for the cinemas is that reportedly it nearly doubled the film's budget, which would be out of the question for a company supposedly newly focused on belt tightening and bottom line, according to Variety. This is coming from Digital Spy. Unfortunately, this means the studio has reportedly decided canceling the movie was the best way to recoup the loss, mostly because it qualifies for a tax write-down. Yeah, that's this, not a, that's not the insurance. That's uh, the tax. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, if so it, the difference if this is, turns out to be the case, comp- then it would prevent Name Redacted from being released streaming platform redacted in future or being <laughs> sold to another distributor. Yeah. So that means that uh, we are never going to see this movie and unless, fuck this CEO. Unless somebody does a Deadpool and you know grabs the digital files and uh So uh <laughs> the directors went onto their ser- onto the drive server. I've heard this, yeah. And it was gone. It was gone. Oh, and I bet crazy. you it's been deleted. And oh, that's sure. and, and specifically there was ridiculous. a tech per- there was a tech person who I'm sure would was tasked with find every system backup in which this exists and destroy the backups. Yeah. And dear tech person, if you saved one <laughs> and you're holding on to it till the, the fervor goes down a little bit and, you know, uh, statute limitation might be in effect right now, and you want to release that 10, 15 years down the road, go right go the it. fuck ahead. All right. Uh, so let's cover a couple other things on production before we uh, move to the movie. So Yeah, I mean, I think this is a perfect time to talk about the money, because we were just talking about oh, yeah. greed from That's Fuckface, who's running that company. I still want to talk about the production team as well. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, Couple guys. I mean, that kind of that's also a good dovetail because the production team for movie redacted got fucked over. Yeah. <laughs> so, excuse me. Uh, two gentlemen share the writing credits for this film, mm-hmm. um, and basically, they're they're clearly creative partners. They their their credits basically mirror each other. So it's Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick have the writing credits. They wrote together. They wrote Zombieland and Zombieland Double Tap, G.I. Yeah. Joe Reali- Retaliation, Life, mm. Six Underground. Did you watch that? That was the Netflix? Yes. Ryan Reynolds. It the was a lot of fun. The Walls Michael yeah, was, Bay movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great movie. Um, when, when Michael Bay can have all the cocaine and has un, an unadulterated amount of money. Yeah. Oh, it's just a great, fun movie. Um, they also both... Uh, co-created and were involved with the writing with the Joe Schmo show. Do you remember that? It was, it it was actually, it was like a post reality TV series and it was incredibly smart and witty. Um, The whole idea was it's a survivor type show, like in a house, right? Like a big brother or something. Sure. But the whole concept is there's one person who thinks he is who there's one human being, not an actor. There's a human being who thinks he is in this reality show, like the surreal life or Big Brother. Oh, okay. And everyone else that is in the show with him are actors, and oh, they are. Right. It's almost like the Truman Show. They're scripting it around him, and he's like, "What the fuck is happening?" Now, from a moral perspective, it is exactly the same as the Truman Show. Like, you know. This person's. We all saw how well that ended for the person Harris, in charge yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you, you know, it wasn't. It, at that point in TV, 
with the growth of reality TV, I think it was a really intelligent commentary on what, <laughs> you know, what that style of entertainment was doing. Yeah. Um, now, uh, the movies directed, you mentioned earlier, Tim Miller, who really, before this, had not really directed anything. He'd done some this shorts. This was his feature film debut. Yeah, yeah, and holy cow, talk he about... He knocks it out of the apart. fucking part. Uh, after this movie, he will go on to direct Terminator Dark Fate. Which was actually pretty good. Uh, I gotta admit, I don't Female remember. Terminator. Was um, that the Terminatrix? No, 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 that's Rise of the Machines. Rise of the Machines. Listen, uh, uh, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, it no, I, I know my Terminator movies. Yes. Oh, uh, this was the one where um Agent Linda Arnold Hamilton comes back. Yeah. And Linda Hamilton and then uh the the girl. The lady from um the Natalie Rays. Her too, but the Terminator, the Mc, female Terminator. Mackenzie uh, Grace. Mackenzie Grace from Halt and Catch Fire. Yeah. With yes. Lee Pace. Yes, 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 yes. And the and Blade Runner twenty forty nine. And spoiler for uh, this episode, San Juniper, the only happy episode of Dark Mirror. (laughs) Um, Or Black Mirror, Black Black Mirror, Mirror. not Dark Mirror. Uh, Tim Miller would also go on to create and then direct, and I think he may have done some writing for Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. Oh, yeah. anthology series. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, as, uh, as we said, I think before we start recording, he will famously leave the pre production of Deadpool 2 for what he described as creative mutual differences or mutual creative dis- differences. Which I'd love to know what they are because I'll say it now, spoiler for the end, they call out the table's going to be in the next movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had forgotten that end credit scene. Like I remember, sure oh, do. he's dressed like Ferris Bueller, haha, and he's like, oh, he says it, I'll yeah. give you a little thing. A cable's going to be in the next movie. I was like, "What the fuck? Talk about a swing!" Like, so they had gr- to—they had to have like already talked to Fox Studios. Gr- but great segue, right? This movie, which comes out in 2016, got made for 58 million dollars. Oh, do you do you know the interesting thing? Go for it. Seven million dollars were cut three weeks before the movie started filming. Hmm. Hence, why throughout the movie, Wade keeps being like, oh, "It's almost like the." Uh, Studio. Company. Studio cut a bunch Could, of money from the company. Yeah, almost like they couldn't afford another X-Men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, which and was that's re- why he doesn't have all his guns in the final fight, because because they couldn't afford it. I, I've heard that story, and and as I was watching it tonight, that one feels like, you know, sometimes stories grow in the retelling. That mm-hmm. final battle, there is nothing small about that. But the amount of, if he had had all those guns... Blanks cost money. But it's CGI because of the special effects. That one, I got to be honest with you, I I actually looked for that shortly before we started filming. Are we going to put this in uh, the hanging munchkin folder? Yes, I think so. I okay, I think fair. so. I think so. Let's become um, a lore. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, that's a that I think I think that's where we're going to put the stories that we think have been uh, exaggerated or yeah, grown the hanging munchkin folder. Yes, yeah. The HMF. That's HMF. Boom. Yep. So fifty-eight million, which for a superhero action movie is nothing. Um, and at the box yep. office, it grosses more than 10 times that. It grosses $783 million. It becomes, at that time in 2016, the highest grossing R movie of all time. Yeah. It will get beaten two years later by Deadpool 2, 2016. Yeah. <laughs> and then a year after that by a movie that I saw once and don't ever need to see again, 
Joker. Uh, it's a brilliant movie, but I'm never, I'm never rewatching Joker. I'm, until we watch it for this podcast, I'm never rewatching it. <laughs> I was like, I have terrible yeah, news. Yeah, terrible news. We're doing a superhero we're podcast. Doing, yeah. We could pull it tonight. Oh, you shut your fucking mouth, you. Oh. It's up to you. Oh, if we do, it. it's your fault. Oh, fuck. Why would you curse me that way? So, okay. So I think that is, I mean, is there anything else to tell from a production standpoint? No, we've got our chimichangas in hand. Let's uh, roll that film. So can we start before, uh, you know what? I'm going to stop saying it. We're obviously going to have something to say before we start this. Sure. This may be hands down the best opening title credits that we are going to have in any fucking movie. Uh, you know, I've I've often talked about how I, I like it when a movie tells me exactly what I'm seeing right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm also happy to be surprised. I'm a huge fan of From Dusk Till Dawn, and there's a surprise there. I'm okay with surprises, but I also like it. You know, I've talked about all of the Avengers movies all start with action sequences. There's no yeah. slow story build. Like something's happening, not necessarily action sequences. There is tension right off the bat. Mm-hmm. This is the opposite end, but it tells you you've not seen a movie like this in a long time. And this apparently was the placeholder credits. Like, I don't think the the fake 3D going through everything, yeah. but these things were put up on the screen. It's just like a joke, and the studio was like, we love it. Really? Make this. And they're like, oh, this is just a joke we were doing, but okay. And because of that, they could make these jokes and not have the director's guild or the writer's guild or SAG come after them for me like, hey, you can't do that. If you do it for everybody... Then, then, then it's, it's covered okay. as as parody. Like okay. The only time I think they've gotten away with it in a way that is just one person is in all the uh, Oceans movies. Julie Roberts is credited as introducing. Interesting. Well, <laughs> introducing you, Julie Roberts. I'm like, oh, yeah. Who is that uh, upstart little actress? Yeah. You know that I will grab the I'll grab the text of voiceovers. This is not a voiceover, but. This warrants going through these. I mean, it's that good. So, Some Douchebags Film. God's Perfect Idiot, which we then immediately get an image of Ryan Reynolds on the cover of People Magazine. As the world, as the uh, sexiest man alive. Yep. That's right. Yep. A Hot Chick. A British. Mar- v- well, we let, let's go through all of them. That's sure. Miranda Baccarin. B- Marina Baccarin. Uh, Bacca- I thought it was Baccarin. The Karen. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, Emphasis on a different syllable. Yeah. Yeah. Syllable. Uh, listen, I'm a huge, you know, he oh, may yeah. be a troubled person, Joss Whedon, but Firefly and Serenity are two brilliant pieces of work. And you can love that show and oh. still acknowledge that he's a fucking garbage pile of well, a human being. Well, I do love that show. And I yeah, love Yeah. 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 It's I a great show. And Miranda Karen is companion. wonderful yes. on that. Yeah. Yes. Um, a British villain. That's obviously um, not role of Colin Ryan. No, it's not role of Colin Ryan. It's that's Ed Screen. Uh, Ed Screen. Yep. Screen. Uh, Ed's Ajax. Okay. Yep. Um, then we get a Ryan Reynolds trading card of him as Green Lantern in a spandex suit, which is really funny. It's clearly not like a promo image from the film. Right. They it's couldn't spandex. do that, but it's what he should have been wearing. Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. The comic relief. T.J. Miller, that, that Weasel. Or is it? Um, no, it's 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 T.J. Miller. Yeah, sure. It's Dopinder. It's not Dopinder. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, Dopinder. Dopinder. Who is just gonna Karen be Spider-Man Sony. India? He's gonna be Spider-Man India. That's awesome. That's I'm awesome. So fucking jazz. A moody teen that uh, is Brianna, Brianna 
Hildebrand. Yeah. Yep. Negasonic Teenage Warhead. A CGI character. <laughs> Colossus. Colossus. Played by two different actors. There was a onset um, yep. person. Obviously, CGI from waist up, but that's actually his legs and feet. Yeah. Uh, and then a voice actor doing an actual fucking Russian accent. Yeah. It, so... Um, and I had a note of who was the guy found it somewhere and I, I feel bad I'm not going to remember his name uh, but you're right somebody somebody was Colossus on set and initially the voice but was then replaced so um, the, the voice we hear is Stefan Stefan Kapichek he's a does he talk about the hottest nightclubs in New York he, no <laughs> he is a Serbian actor but his, I saw that he speaks like six languages. Well, he's not American, so. Yeah, yeah. And You'd be surprised in other countries how many different languages they teach you in school. Yeah, in his movies, he does not have a lot of uh, American movies. And he comes back for the sequel, right? He comes back for the sequel. Yeah, he's fantastic. The only other thing you might have seen him in would be The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Actually, I'm sorry, you would not have seen that because it's filming. Oh, is he in that? No, it's not filming. It's done. Oh, is it done? Yeah, it comes out this summer. Is it going to release this year? Okay. With um, David Dasmalchin. Yeah. Uh, all right, rest okay. of the credits. Yes. Uh, let's see. We're in an hour and 23 I minutes know. right now. <laughs> a gratuitous cameo. I think that's actually the mask of Hugh Jackman. It's got to be. It's got to be. Oh, or is it uh, Stan Lee in the strip club? Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah. I Which mean, he has gone on record as saying this is one of his most favorite cameos it, to do. I'm no like, kidding, you Stan. fucking pervert. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Creepy old man. Then produced by Asshats. Written by the real heroes here, directed right. by an overpaid tool. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, you, I remember, so, two stories in yep. one. Uh, you saw this before, us. With with Aubrey and friends <laughs> of ours, yep. With Aubrey, which Aubrey blew your cover because you're like, I don't know if I can make it to the movie the next night. And Aubrey put up, Deadpool's great, Todd and I just saw it, and we just laid down like, oh, Todd owes us the beer the next time we go yep. out. Yep. You lied. And you were like, fuck. I was like, honey, you really kind of uh, cock <laughs> Kind of fucked me here. Yep. 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 And true to your, uh, but you did buy me a beer the next time you, you saw you me. So um, yeah, you're right. a man of your word sure. when you're forced yeah. to? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Absolutely. Sure. But the other thing was you then t- text us like, all right, the movie's great. It has one of the best title sequences of any movie I've ever seen. And I was like, those are bold words. Well, when do you think about title sequences? But then it happened. I'm like, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty right? fucking great. And then we immediately go from the title sequence to Wade in the back of a, well, I'm sorry. No, he's Deadpool mm-hmm. in the back of a cab. And the first hint of what he's going to do with wall breaking happens when he plucks gum off the roof of the cab. He's trying to flick it off his fingers, and it lands on the camera lens, <laughs> which he then acknowledges, and uh, we've ooh. got a smudge on the lens. lens. Uh-huh. We, you and I have talked about this on uh, Never Heard of It's podcast, as we broke down the She-Hulk series on oh, Disney+. Oh, yeah, 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 breaking the fourth wall, yeah. And certainly, to be fair... She-Hulk did it first. The John Byrne She-Hulk, the sensational She-Hulk... 86, 87? Uh, in that era, late 80s. So uh, like th- three or four years before even Deadpool was created, let alone 
probably another four or five years before he would start breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, because he exactly. stayed the the evil maniacal uh, mercenary for a while, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, he was very much a, a nothing interesting clone of Deathstroke, the Terminator. I mean, literally his name. Yeah, Slade Wilson. Yeah, exactly. Well, and Deadpool, Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So She Hulk, Sensational She Hulk, comes out in 1989. Oh, so oh, well, wow. Yeah, yeah. But still, he wasn't doing it until like 93, 94. He's not doing it at the beginning. But yeah. I love the fact That's that... wild. I thought that was... Uh, okay. I love the fact in the movie, though, that they set it up slowly. He does not speak to... He does not break the fourth wall with Until dialogue. he's on the bridge. Until he's on the bridge. Oh, hello. I know, right? Whose balls did I have to fondle to get my very own movie? I can't tell you, but it does rhyme with Pulverine. In those first few moments, you're like, oh... It's coming. Oh, my God. It's right there. The camera. But then he, he moves away from it. Well, and, and when he's going into the front seat and we get the crotch shot, he kind of looks at the camera like, eh? <laughs> like, it's there, but it's not a full-on, let me look at the camera. He's not actually speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's so funny. Dopinder's great. So he's on his way to ambush Ajax and a convoy of men on the expressway. We talked about it already, but it's worth mentioning again. And I'll probably put a link in the show notes. Uh, yep. The leaked footage. Yeah. It is shot for shot, almost the same thing. Voice is different. Some of the jokes are different. Oh, hello there. I bet you're wondering why the red suit. Well, that's so bad guys can't see me bleed. The one that I wish was in there that's in the uh, leak footage that's not in the actual movie is one of the times he's fighting one of the guys when he peeks his head. Like, I think it's when he peeks his head out to say hi to the people in the front seat. He goes, there's no easy way to say this. I'm pregnant, Trevor. Fucking weird line. What does this mean? Like, I have not been able to figure out what that one is. But at the very end of it, the suburban flips over and he pops up. And he looks right at the camera and goes, Hi, Tom. Tom was the president of Fox Studios at the time. <laughs> Tom, I can't remember his last name. Whose but favorite line was? The big house. It's funny that I only ever see two of you. It's almost like the studio couldn't afford another X-Men. That was hit the Fox Studios president's favorite line. I like a studio that can... Laugh at itself? Yeah, like, yeah. like Warner Brothers. Yeah. Having a good time with Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Sure, sure. Which mentions Deadpool. Nah, I'm pretty sure you're Deadpool. Look into the camera and say something inappropriate. (laughs) Through the ambush, before we get into this, the blasting caps on the bullets. Yes. uh, The... That's the prime. Knew, that's where the prime. You were gonna fucking correct me. It, it's not a a blasting cap is something used to detonate C four. That's not a blasting cap. That's that's the primer in the shell. Oh my god! I fell Sorry. Asleep. Sorry. <laughs> I, it's not a blasting cap. Don't say blasting cap. The shell having yes. the number of shots he have left. Yes. Such a fun visual. Oh. I just love when he he shoots a guy in the head twice. Like, he misses, which is bad. Deadpool. And then he does the headshot. Seven. Good Deadpool. <laughs> I, I mean, again, I, like if you never read the comics, and to be fair, to be very fair, I was not reading comics in the era in which Deadpool becomes Deadpool. I may have picked up the first issue just because uh, the visual of the New Mutants that he appeared in. I was like, oh, this is a cool cover. You That's know. A, it is an iconic cover. Yeah, and I, I picked it up and I was like, oh, he's Deathstroke. Mm. Anyways, back to DC. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, and then, to be- like I lost track of the character, and then the leak footage happened. I'm like. He breaks the fourth wall, and then I started to read about him. I'm like, holy shit, this character's pretty awesome now. Yeah. Pansexual yeah. and breaks the fourth wall. 
made a comment. I mean, they, they make fun of it he, in this. He but. knows he knows that he's a fictional character. That's crazy. Right, because there was one time where it wasn't Colossus. Somebody was taking him to the X-Mansion to see Xavier. And obviously, there they couldn't do the McAvoy or Stewart joke. He goes, oh, you, you mean the thing that's run by that bald guy who looks like uh, the captain of the Enterprise from Star Trek The Next Generation? <laughs> and the guy goes, what? He goes, oh, never mind. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And that happens a lot. He'll break the fourth wall, and the person he's with is like, what? He's like, oh, right. Uh, never mind. Yeah. No one else around him can do that. Like, that's his thing. Yes. Right. Yes. And no one else. I I mean, the the ultimate meta version of that is Gwenpool. Sure. Sure. She yeah. is not Gwen Stacy, nor is she that universe's Deadpool. Oh, I didn't know She's this. just a fan and came to our universe and took the name Gwenpool. Because like, Gwen Stacy's really popular. You're really popular. Put Come them together. On. He got Gwenpool. I did not know that. Yeah. I Because when she first came, I'm like, oh, this is a little, I don't Derivative. know. Yeah. This, this is a little far. But then I heard that. I'm like, I love her. Yeah. And I want her in right. Deadpool 3. That's right. That's right. Because oh, could we? We can't get into Deadpool 3. Okay. All we right. can't talk okay. about it. Okay. All right. We're not. Okay. Um. So this action sequence. Yeah. You know, oh wait, hang on. I have to oh, say, Wilson shows oh, sure. the viewers the events leading up to how he began Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, this action sequence so good. And it's, oh my god. I, I would say it is a comedic version. So I, I'm a. I did martial arts when I was younger. I love right. action movies. I'm a fan of the visuals of fighting on screen. Mm-hmm. This is the comedic version of John Wick. This is a master class yep. in how to build an action sequence if you want to be funny. It's so incredible. The title sequence is happening during this scene in ultra slow motion. But right, a specific moment in it yeah. that when the when he when flips the, the when car. He flips. But like Wade pushes in oh, excuse me, wait. When he flips the SUV. the SUV. I don't want to, you know. Right. You just spent a minute telling me how blasting caps aren't the same thing, so I need to make sure. <laughs> it's not a car. It's an, it's an SUV. A sports utility vehicle, vehicle, if you will. I believe a, a Chevy Suburban, if we want to get real specific. <laughs> so how does it feel, I'm sorry, Todd? Who's the, who's the pedant? I'm sorry. How does it feel, Todd? I recall. <laughs> uh, so Deadpool pushes the cigarette lighter in, which we'll later see... Coming the, out of the guy's mouth. Coming yeah. out of the guy's mouth. Yeah, yeah. I've never said this, but don't swallow. Now, we also cut to Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters, where we get only two X-Men, Colossus and Negasonic Teenage Warhead. It's really weird that uh, he calls him Deadpool all through this movie, but he calls him Wade in the next movie. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't notice that. I don't know what that's about. I don't know if it's he feels more familiar to him in the second movie. Is it or is it the or because of the events that happened at the beginning of Deadpool two? He's like, ah, I need to be more on his level. I'm going to call him Wade. Maybe, maybe. Or is it like in this movie, Deadpool is not known to everyone in the universe? And I mean, like, oh, us. that Colossus may no, not no, oh, know. No, I don't mean in movie. I mean out of movie. Like in when you're making, so the they first... want to say the name Deadpool yes. as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that could be. It's a and thing. that the in-universe thing is that maybe Colossus didn't know. Sure, Deadpool was Wade Wilson until after the events of this movie. He certainly knows him better after the events of this movie, so that's cl- yep. plausible. Yeah. Uh, also, in-universe for Colossus, he may just call him Deadpool because Colossus is a polite motherfucker. He sure is. He sure is. <laughs> uh, I love the bit in the action sequence, and it's an old joke. You may be wondering why the red suit. Well, that's so bad guys can't see me bleed. This guy's got the right idea. 
He wore the brown pants. You're like, oh shit, yes. This movie starts at 60 and then goes to 100, right? It's not even like zero to 60. It's starting at 60. Mm-hmm. Um, the I think my favorite in this sequence is when he double stabs the uh, guy with his katanas. He goes, you're probably thinking, my boyfriend said this was a superhero movie, but that guy in the red suit just turned that other guy into a fucking kebab. So first of all, a couple things that are awesome that, in my opinion, are evidence that Ryan Reynolds is an awesome human being. And I'm going to say he's approaching, for me, Dave Grohl level. Like, I like oh, him yeah. like I like Dave Grohl. But... The studio wouldn't pay, like, so they paid Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick to write the script. And then, like, from the studio's perspective, you're done. We have a script we're shooting. You're done, writers. Ryan Reynolds paid them because, you know, like, they got to make a living. He paid for them to be on set, and they were collaborating around script as they're going. But I also He roundabout Shane Black predatored them onto there. The only reason Shane Black is in Predators sure. because Fox, uh, same studio, wouldn't pay for him to go to Hawaii. Is that where they filmed? Mm, I don't know. Usually yeah. Hawaii is the is the stand-in for because it's the United um, States jungles uh, in the wherever South America. I don't think they actually no. filmed in South America. Principal photography is it actually South? Uh, yeah, it was principal photography. Eventually began in the jungles of Palenque, Chiapas, Mexico. During the last week Mexico. of March of 86. But most of the film was shot in Miss Maloya, Mexico. Yeah. But they weren't in Mexico. They were in like Uruguay. You mean in the movie? In the movie. Oh, yeah. There's, it's not Mexico. But yeah. yeah. But but they said, we're, there's no way we're sending the writer down there. And so he's like, okay, well, I'm also going to cast him in the movie. And he cast him in the movie and killed him off as the first person so he could stay there and help with with punch-ups, which I guess Shane Black was not happy about. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. He's like, I want to be in more of this movie. He's like, no, no, you're here as the writer. Y- you know, I've read, so you love Friends, which was fine. I love The Office. And I- I love The I'm Office, not too. you don't. Right, right. Yeah, uh, motherfucker. Uh, but I've read that um, one of the reasons that Toby, Ryan, and Kelly are in the annex is because they're writers and they couldn't be there all the time. Uh, you obviously don't listen to Office Ladies. I do listen to Office. That's where I got it from. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So why are you saying I've heard this? Like, well, this I have heard it from the people who were on fucking set. I wasn't there. I've I think heard it's it. um, Paul Lieberstein when he was on. They talked about, or was it? P.J. Novak. One of the two of them was the one that said the uh, reason the, that they were put in the annex. The first time they say it, it's actually just Jenna and or um, Angela. Yeah, Jenna and Angela. Right. It can't be Angela. It's Angela. Um, it, <laughs> actually, the first time they say it is when it's just the two of them. And they're like, yeah, that's why they're in the annex because they couldn't be on set all the time because they were writing. Yeah, brilliant. Toby. Um, I love so what I what I've heard about Deadpool was uh, back to Deadpool. So they had a script, they had jokes, but for every joke in the script, there were probably fifteen improv jokes, and the only limit on what they would film was really like the cost of time of you know mm-hmm. continuing to do uh, additional takes. Yeah, uh, back to Office Ladies real quick. Yeah. I think it was uh, what they call the candy bag on that show. Like, okay, we need to shoot this. And then we've got that, these couple alternates. And then if we have time in shooting, you can say these random fucking lines. Got it. And and they were usually given to uh, Steve or Rain because <laughs> Steve and Rain are just a couple of weirdos. <laughs> 
they can oh steve carell i'm like steve yeah 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 yeah. no the actors yeah i got it um so i watched this on disney plus i own this thank you very much i own it but i didn't want to go if i went and grabbed the blu-ray then i had to go grab the blu-ray drive for the laptop like it was a whole thing but I have it also as a digital copy well, on my I actual have two device. I as a digital so. copy. But anyways, you have to, you really have to track down the like the gag outtakes, reel? the gag reel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh oh. Again, we will probably share this when we get to the episode. Yeah. I, oh my god, because clearly, like, it's not like oh they had they had that one that perfect line and film that. No, they had a fucking hundred perfect lines, and any of them work, and some of them are. In my opinion, even funnier than what was in the theatrical release. Yeah, the one that I that always has stuck out to me is like mm, we're trying a little too hard with this. Is later when Weasel is with oh, see that's Wade my favorite po- one. All of the it ways looks that like he's an horrifying. avocado. Yeah, all of the horrifying. No, that one is is the it, I don't like. You look like an avocado had sex with an older, more disgusting avocado. Yeah, not gently, like it was hate fucking. There was something wrong with the relationship, and that was the only catharsis that they could find without violence. That's a little too clean. That's like the other one, like because you look like Freddy Krueger face fucking topographical map of Utah. <laughs> that was funny. That- I mean, it's worth the deep dive to go grab the uh, the the linearama there, the outtakes because they're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else I love in that? The right up Main Street when he gets shot in the ass again. Just the lines are just amazing. <laughs> not just the ass, the asshole. That's why he the, says Main Street. Yeah, I'm uh, like, wait, I don't think that's Main Street. Uh, well, listen, who's the judge? He is pansexual. It is, it, but it is uh, international. Day of yeah, the woman. but I was about to say, but proven later, even though he's pansexual, he is not a bottom. Yeah, no, no, no. Which have you ever heard the story of when this movie came out on video and Blake Lively was drowning? I guess it's really fun to be on an airplane and watch your husband get fucked in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> I love the relationship that Blake Lively and it's, Ryan Reynolds have. It's pretty adorable. Yeah. I love both of them. Yeah, same. I think. They're both fantastic. They're both, you know, the it, they're the only good thing that came out of uh, Green Lantern, their relationship. <laughs> ouch, ouch. Uh, I'm sorry, am I wrong? Yeah. Uh, I'm, and I'm going to, the last little thing I love, and again, the way this, mm-hmm. the way the plot synopsis goes, we're cu- jumping back and forth, but it happens here. The moment in which, later in which Colossus comes to collect him, and Wade progressively breaks both arms, I'm sorry, both hands and then a foot fighting colossus i mean <laughs> it's comedy gold all the dinosaurs feared the t-rex after being dishonorably discharged as a canadian special forces operative wilson works as a freelance mercenary this scene with the pizza delivery stalker yeah is directly from issue 10 of the 2008 deadpool run oh except I the only difference that. is instead of him being in the wonderful b arthur uh, athletic t-shirt and his winter coat he's yep. just fully in uh, the deadpool um outfit got it okay <laughs> but i just love that scene because you're like are you mr merchant the mr merchant who didn't order the fucking pie and who placed the call i did oh he's here for the douchebag sir before you do anything to him do you mind if i get a, a big tip <laughs> jeremy is it mm-hmm. yeah wade wilson that uh, is is a no go on the tip of Rougier. Oh, he's here for the oh, pizza liver guy. Yeah, and and the you know the turn in that scene is delightful because mm-hmm. the douchebag who's played by by Kyle Cassie, kind of a that guy. Yeah, a little bit of a that guy. It's wonderful, but you know, there's nothing there. 
unexpected until, oh no, I'm not here for him. I'm here for you. And I love that the guy's reaction is like, okay, wow, dodged a big time bullet on that. Smacks him with the butt of his gun. <laughs> not out of the woods yet. You need to seriously ease up on the bedazzling. They're jeans, not a chandelier. And of course, we already kind of referenced it. I don't know if it's going to make it, but my personal favorite is, I will shoot your fucking cat. I don't really know what that means. I don't have a cat. Then whose kitty litter did I just shit in? <laughs> and the look on their faces is <laughs> it's, it's so delightful. Good. Anywho. Uh, so he's working as a freelance mercenary until he meets prostitute. Prostitute? Sex worker. I, sure. Yep. Let's use the proper terminology here, peeps. Yeah. Well, Wikipedia, update this. Someone at Wikipedia, make it sex worker. Well, we, we could do that. Anyone cannot do that. We just need to. Okay. All right, I'm going to go on after this, and, okay, and I'll go over to uh, Stellan Skarsgards and turn it back to Stellar Skateboard again. Skateboard, there you go, perfect. <laughs> the prostitute named Vanessa in what I'm going to call real quick just the uh, the weirdest meat cute of all time. Daddy left before I was born. Daddy left before I was conceived. Ever had a cigarette put out on your skin? Where else do you put one out? I was molested. Me too, uncle. Uncles. They took turns. I watched my own birthday party through the keyhole of a locked closet, which also happens to be your my bedroom. Lucky, I slept in a dishwasher box. <gasps> you had a dishwasher. It's a pretty it, fucked up meat cute. It's a great little compare and contrast. When we saw Colossus and Teenage Negasonic Warhead. Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Negasonic Teenage. What the shit? That's the coolest name ever. We got the brass plate for Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters. Mm-hmm. Here we get like the brass plate for St. Margaret's School for Wayward Girls. But this one is basically... The Star Wars Cantina. That is 100% the inspiration for this setting. With uh, Rob Liefeld as uh-huh. a... <laughs> in He's the talking bar. to Buck. Buck Liefeld. I yeah. love that there's sustain in his voice for Liefeld. It's really funny. Like, And, you know, obviously Rob Liefeld was on set and he okayed it. So that's what makes it funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good. Oh, Randall Reeder is the name of that actor. And... Sadly, he doesn't even have like a headshot promo. Oh, he's been in some stuff though. Idiocracy. He was a Secret Service thug. He's got forty-four acting credits. Holy shit! He was in Idiocracy. He was in Twenty One Jump Street as Carl. Oh, I bet he was part of the biker gang. I bet he was part well, of the biker gang. I mean, look yeah, at him. I, yeah, he has a look. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. With that beard, you're you're either a biker or you're a biker. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. You are not a fan of T.J. Miller. I do like T.J. Miller's comedy, and I love him as Weasel. Mm. Uh, we get the Deadpool from which he gets his name in the in the movie. Did you know one of the yes. names that was supposed to be on there was Amy Winehouse? <gasps> no, but she passed during oh. production. Like, good, good. They're not human. Terrible human beings. Yeah, that's. Um, that, that's like the first thing. Like you hear that news, and you go onto your spreadsheet, and you're like, delete, 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 mm-hmm. delete, delete. <laughs> yep. Um, and then the transition to the date at the Boardwalk Arcade, and they're playing skee ball. I get it. You love skee ball, apparently more than you love vagina. That's a tough call. I just, I just want to get to know the, the real you. You know, not the short, shorter, two dimensional sex object peddled by Hollywood. Balls and holes. Balls and holes. And then ending with, you know, like the next year was wonderful. And the, the, the joke, the all year joke, every one of them is brilliant. The Lent. I love the Lent. They're Where they're just sitting there not, not having sex. Reading. They nod to each other. Happy Lent. And you're like, oh, my God. It's so funny. But 
truly, my favorite is uh, Happy International Women's History Month. Relax. International Women's Day. Is there a day this month? Because this is International is Women's History Month. Wednesday, March 8th is... Oh, so they fucked in five days? In Yeah, in or six days. Yeah. yeah. Well... <laughs> Talon and Josh. He's- Talon, how's it going, buddy? I do... <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know why I find it so absolutely fucking adorable but when he throws the skeet ball and it goes into the 10,000 and she goes I don't know why that's so funny to me he's just nodding his head and but it's it's when you find and of course this is a motif later like the puzzle piece when you find the puzzle piece that fits mm-hmm. what if I just held on and never let go just ride a bitch's back like Yoda and Luke oh Star Wars jokes Empire Jesus Christ Christ, it's like I made you in a computer. I was like, weird science? Because growing up in the 80s, I would have made Kelly LeBrock. Now, I mean, not now, before I met my wonderful wife, I would have made Vanessa, right? Like, Nice save, Todd. Thank you. Thank you. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. I just love it. So so, uh, wear me on your back like a uh, baby Yoda uh, is because they become romantically involved. And a year later, she accepts a marriage proposal. And where was he hiding that ring? Well, they say one month's salary, so... Uh, you mean... I do. That's my line. Wilson is later... Oh, God. Later diagnosed with terminal cancer, though, and he leaves Vanessa without warning, so she will not have to watch him die. Um, he mentions... This is not where he mentions the Radio After Sharpay joke. Uh, I just put it there for some reason, but yeah. yeah we sure. already talked about why that's the there. The Rama, it's good, yeah. But that's now, why it's there because that's how he just he uh, describes himself in the comics. Got it, got it, got it. Now a mysterious recruiter approaches Wilson. Did you recognize this guy? He's from uh, one of the greatest Star Trek movies of all time, Galaxy Quest. Available over on Where No Mom Has Gone Before <laughs> on the Night Shift Radio Network. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Nicely done. Nicely done. He's so wonderful. His um, so that is Jed Rees. He's only credited as recruiter. Um, he's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now, this recruiter offers Wade an experimental treatment for his cancer. Mm-hmm. He is taken to a laboratory. And please don't make the super suit green or animated. This laboratory is run by Ajax, who might have, in an alternate universe in the uh, in the multiverse, was played by role of Colin Ryan. Yeah. Which would have been cool. Uh, and Angel Dust. I gotta be honest with you. So we hey, talked. Man, I off- got a note. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Gina Carano. That's it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> the worst part is no. What's unfortunate is that she she made anti-COVID and anti-Semitic remarks online. Disney told her to stop. She doubled down, and then she was surprised when they fired her. Yeah, listen. Not just fired her. Did you you watch The Mandalorian, right? Oh no. Oh yeah, I watched. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, yeah, she's off yeah, uh, doing she's other gone. shit now. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> you know the, the, the sad part for me is, if you know me outside this podcast, I'm really passionate about DEI and what that like the power and the importance of that. But I didn't start like you know that's been a journey. I've had to learn stuff. I've had to. Un- I've had to wait. DEI. Uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Oh, so oh, oh, thank you. Used yep. to be, yeah, a couple of years ago, you heard it often as D, D and I, diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Now, 
a lot of places have added the E for equity. But, you know, that's a journey. You have to learn that stuff. I don't fault her for saying some shit that probably... No, the saying the shit was like, man, that wasn't cool. When she was told, not only by her, by the people who were yes. fucking employing her at the time, but also her fans were like, hey, the stuff you're saying right now is super fucking shitty. Yep. And you're going to get in trouble. And she decided to double down on it. I have no... I have no sympathy for her. Yeah, agree. agree. She had the learning moment. She had the moment to be like, you're absolutely right. This is gross. I apologize. And she was like, fuck you. I'm going to continue it. And I'm glad she's making shitty movies that made like $5,000 in their entire theatrical release. And, and, you know, I I don't even like, I don't even expect like, like the sudden epiphany. And in fact, I, I tend to be skeptical of that, but I would, I would have gladly taken, Hey, listen, I said this, people were offended by that. I don't understand why people upset are about that, but I'm I'm willing to listen. Yeah. I would oh have taken God. her publicist writing it and her just being like, Yeah, sure, tweet that out and having it be like, Oh, I regret the things, blah, blah, blah. It's the fact that she was without saying it, saying fuck you and being like, No, this I'm like, you're allowed your opinion, like we are a country that is freedom of speech, but it's crazy that that side well, well say freedom of speech without realizing, well, there's freedom of speech, but there's still consequences for yeah, your actions. That is just as much. That's not cancel culture. My no, there's no such thing as what, cancel card culture. My reaction to what you say is also freedom of speech. And it's a, it's a very weird yeah. line. She absolutely has the right to say the things that she did. We live in a society. We live in a country where you're allowed to say those things, but they're shitty. And she has, Reap, she has reaped what she has sowed. She she has lost a major fucking franchise. Not to mention they were going to make a spinoff series of her with yeah. the New Republic, <sighs> and they're like, no, fuck that. We're not going to do it. We're just going to mention it in this one episode of The Mandalorian, and we're done. And, and how much does that suck? Because I loved her in, in Mandalorian. First of all, she's great. Here's in this. the problem. She's great. She's she's very very talented. She's great in this. She was great in The Mandalorian. I really enjoyed her. But she has some really fucking shitty opinions. And I'm okay she's not in the franchises that I love. And again, that's not cancel culture. That's accountability. Yeah. Because uh, she's I, still working. She's still doing shit. But it's not anything I'm going to watch. Well, you don't have a right to be employed in movies or TV. or Right? So you're, you're right. in an industry in which people's perception of you determines your marketability. And if you do things that make... People desire you less as someone they want to engage with, then that's, you know, what are you going to do? So, uh, yeah, uh, Gina Carano, poor. The rant over. Sorry. I just wanted it to be uh, Gina Carano, but I think that that, no, needed that was to be fair. Said. That was fair. Yeah. So, Ajax and Angel Dust inject Wade with a serum designed to awaken latent mutant genes in his body. We talked a little bit when Colin was on. Ed Screen. Different direction than what Colin described as, you know, what he was reading with. Uh, Ajax, Ed Screen, is wonderful in this movie. He is frightening. Boy, he's a great foil for Wade. He's a great villain, right? He's so serious. He's so dark. Was he a Game of Thrones guy? He is not. No. What's the other thing? Oh, he was supposed to be in Hellboy, the remake. That's where his name's come oh. up on this podcast before. He was supposed to be the uh, Daniel Day Kim character. Oh, okay. And then people I, came out and were like, uh, this character's Asian, Asian in the comics. Yeah. And he was like, oh, sorry, didn't know. My bad. He, hey, he, going with what we just said, 
he did the right thing. Exactly. Uh, he basically plays Ajax in Alita Battle Angel. Didn't see it. Uh, it was actually pretty good. It's actually pretty I hear it's good. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch it. He but. was in Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. I think that was a sequel. Um, he was in The Transporter, Refueled. I'm just looking to see if there's anything Was he else. the transporter? Was he the... Oh, wait, no. Yeah, the Refueled is, I don't believe, no. is uh, He's... Jason Statham. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, then why do they have Jason Statham on the... It's not. It's head screen. Oh, but... You know what's bullshit? The, the he's doing the exact the same poster. Pose. Like is shot. Like even his hair is parted, so he looks bald. You're right. That is 100 percent him in the poster trying to look like Jason Statham. Uh, uh, I believe what you're trying to say is he looks like Jason Statham. Jason Statham. Oh, oh my, my god. god. It's, it's a Megalodon. <laughs> which he is filming the sequel for he right is now. Not. I still he haven't watched is. the first one. I saw one. that. I was like, come uh, on. I'm going to have to watch. I do need to watch it. Just so I've watched Oh, have you not it. watched it? I'm oh, not. Todd, it's terrible. Jason um, Manzoukas put it perfectly. It's like 20%, yay, 80%. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's tough. That's tough. This place seems sanitary. My first request is warmer hands. Oh, and Jesus, a warmer table. They subject Wilson to days of torture to trigger any mutation he may have without success. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about se- you know like story sequences. This torture, the torture slash, montage, yeah, torture montage Oof. is it's really well done, right? Like they it, put Ryan Reynolds through the ringer. Like it's not just like oh we're gonna hang you here and like put some things on your chest to make it seem like you're being electrocuted. That goo he's in, I'm like that couldn't have been uncomfortable. In yeah. any way, shape, or form. It, it's just so effective. Like, He's, what we're seeing is is just... It, and it's this really interesting idea. Like, oh, no, if we put your body through enough stress, it'll trigger... Is, is this, this isn't how Wade is created in the comics, right? He's just a mutant. I th- well, no, I think in the comics, he's also part of the weapon... The weapon Project program. H, yes. Yeah, right? Like He's part of Project H. He's technically... Weapon 11, he's the weapon after, because uh, we all say Weapon X, but Wolverine is actually Weapon, weapon 10. 10. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just all say Weapon X because we're dumb Americans. We're like, what's an X? It's a Roman numeral for 10. Yeah, I I don't... Th- um, so actually, I take this back. There was an era, and it was the era... Do you remember the era when comics was starting to split, where you had comics that were entirely created... With digital assets, mm-hmm. and compared to like still hand drawn, so I I had probably maybe a half a dozen comics of Deadpool, and this is probably mid to late two thousands. Um, yeah, there is absolutely at least, and the character's gone through a lot of iterations in the comics. There's a sure. there's a there's a sequence where. Wade or where Deadpool is 100% the creation of a twisted scientist in a lab. Oh, that, I'm wondering if that's like the Brian Posehn era. Oh, uh, let's see. Maybe I was looking to see because everyone touts that as like the turning point for Deadpool into a really cool character and breaking the fourth wall and being a nutbag that he is yeah i maybe it, it it's and there's a character and he's i can't tell for sh- i can't tell for sure I, I actually think the era i was reading might have been before that 
Okay, that's fine. But there's an era in the comics in which horrible things happened in a lab and, and Deadpool was the result. Right. I'm sure we've got a listener who, like... Justin. Was, oh, there you go. Per, yeah, Justin or... Is Phil a Deadpool guy? Like I, I know nah, we. Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. All right. Okay. I actually I don't I don't even know if Phil still listens to podcasts. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's again. I don't know if anyone's listening. Sure, that's fair. We, I see the downloads. Nobody says anything to us. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, when Wilson discovers Ajax, his real name is Francis, and mocks him for it, Ajax <laughs> <laughs> leaves Wilson in a hypobaric chamber that periodically takes him to the verge of asphyxiation. I think we need to correct this, too. I believe he is not on the verge, but he is feeling the effects of asphyxiation the entire time. The way it's described is that they raise his heart rate so that he thinks that he is, and then when it starts to lower, they bring it back up. Like The way Ajax explains is that for that weekend, he feels like he is asphyxiating for the entire weekend. Right. Yes. Basically keeping him right on the edge of suffocating for a weekend. Holy shit. That is some dark motherfucking shit. Yeah. So I, so talking about um, separating artists from the art, I really enjoy, I really enjoy Tom Clancy's novels. They're incredibly well-written. They're incredibly researched. I like the character of Jack Ryan and the surrounding characters. The, but Clancy's a bit of a weirdo. He is a bit of a weirdo, 100%. There's a, there's a, I'm trying to remember which one. Was it Teeth of the Tiger? Yes. Was that I the, well, that's one of them. But basically, one of the, one of the books, they capture somebody who is clearly supposed to be a Bin Laden stand in. And right. they, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've engaged, yeah, I about this. they've engaged a physician who's, who had like, a child or his wife killed in 9-11 or a similar attack. And this physician gives the terrorist a drug that essentially is producing a heart attack and then immediately like reviving him, but keeping him on that edge of like cardiac arrest, revival, cardiac. And I mean, that's dark. It's dark. It's dark. It's really dark. You, oh, maybe you remember this movie. I only remember seeing it once, and this was in the era of pre Google. Sure, but I lived in an HBO and Cinemax world, mm-hmm. and it, this guy is being interrogated, and a guy pulls out a a snake and has the snake bite him, and he tried to get information out of him. Snake bites me. Goes that venom's going to get to your heart in about forty five seconds. So, oh yes! What? Oh so my god! So you should inject this uh, if you give me the information. He gives me the information. And he ejects it, and then he has a snake bite him. He's like, "This snake is completely non-venomous. You're no problem." But the um, carbonated water you just injected into your bloodstream will get to your heart in about ten seconds, exploding your heart. Uh, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> Do you remember this movie? I, I remember. Any bells with you? Not the twist, but I feel like I remember. Oh, the other part's been in like a thousand movies, yes. But the twist, I always went, whoa, what? Yeah, the twist, I don't remember. I mean, I feel like I've seen the, yeah, no. So anyone out in the podcast world, if you remember this movie, please, for the love of God, let me know. Yeah, help Casey out. Yeah, holy cow.
he's kept in the verge of asphyxiation or in right and asphyxiation over the weekend. Mm -hmm. This finally activates a regenerative healing factor that counteracts Wilson's cancer, but leaves him severely disfigured with burn-like scars over his entire body. I love the moment where his body like processes the change and you see the, the, the transition to the scar tissue. It's, it's not like incredibly graphic. It just, it's, it's incredibly subtle. painful. You, yeah, you can it's tell so the pain powerful. that it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I forgot to put note. Sorry. Yeah, no. um, but why? Why does it disfigure him? They never explain it. Like, in the comics, Deadpool is disfigured because the healing factor kicks in and starts to take care of the cancer. But the cancer is so aggressive, it spreads attacking, to other parts like of his body. Everything. Uh, and then it's his body is literally constantly in a state of aggressive cancer to remission at mm-hmm. all times, which I believe their way around him thinking he's a, he's a comic book character, fourth wall breaking everything, is because the cancer eventually hit his brain, giving him severe psychosis and dementia. So that so I gotta be honest with you, I never stopped to consider why, but the the storytelling is so good that I don't I yeah, and they go through it so quickly, but yeah. but I was just kind of like this time watching it for you know for podcasts where we're gonna where we're gonna um, uh, delve into it. stuff. Sure. I was just like, but why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's. A, I mean, doesn't bother me. Doesn't uh, do anything to the movie. But I was just kind of like this time. I was like, huh. So sworn there's a line explaining this. Yeah, you know, I think it's I think it's supposed to represent, and whether it makes sense logically. I think it's supposed to represent the degree of trauma to which he is subjective, which is not like it's not scarring okay. from actual wounds. I almost feel like his body has reacted so horribly to this, the extreme stress, the adrenaline, the cortisol, like all that stuff has just like eaten away at his body. I'll take it. Okay. I'll take it. All right. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Wade escapes from the chamber and attacks Ajax, but relents when told that his disfigurement can be cured. And in the chaos, wait. What are you just gonna skip my what, my note? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I sure did. I sure did. Yeah, I sure did. Went right and it's over a it. good one because it's a joke. Please. So in this fight, we just talked about all his disfigurement, but what we didn't mention was his New York City hot dog on a grill of a dick he has in this scene. You do see some floppage. You see, you see hot dog dick. Like it is. It's big enough to flop, and that's. It's that hot dog that's that's spinning on the spindle like all day. You're like, I don't know if I want to eat this, but I but can't get to. Gra- cents, yeah, I can't get so. to Grace Papaya, so I guess I'll eat this hot dog, and then you immediately regret it every time. <laughs> Unlike Grace Papaya, always a good hot dog. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. 72nd and Broadway, baby. Best hot dog in New York City. Fight me. It's a great bit in Fool's Rush In with uh, Matthew Perry and Selma Hayek. Where yeah, she has, and that's right she across the street. papaya dogs brought. That's right kitty corner uh, across the street from uh, the scam of a college I went to. <laughs> it really was. That's where we ate 90% oh, no percent of the time. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, you know uh, in um, Die Hard with a Vengeance when they answer the payphone? Yes. And there's the shot all around that subway entrance. You see Grace Papaya. It's the building on the opposite oh, side. Oh, no kidding. It's the same That's... building that Michael Douglas lives in in Don't Say a Word. I don't think I've seen that. Uh, okay. With uh, Brittany Murphy, where she's like a mental patient, nope. and she's got like the key to something. I saw it once simply because all the 
shots were shot actually in that building. It's called the Ansonia building. Got it, got it, got it. Now, in the chaos, Ajax subdues Wilson and leaves him for dead in the now-burning laboratory. Along with his buddy. Yeah. I, my note was, this fight is so satisfying, even though he Wade loses. is defeated. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a really... And again, it's great for all of the humor and the action sequences. There is great storytelling in this movie, in addition to all those other things. Mm-hmm. 100%. Wilson survives due to his new healing ability and seeks out Vanessa. He does not reveal to her that he is alive out of fear that she will reject his new appearance. After consulting with his best friend, Weasel, TJ Miller, Wilson decides to hunt down Ajax for the cure. So my note was Weasel's linearama is great. Go see the outtakes, as we've said. <laughs> he becomes a mass vigilante adopting the name Deadpool. Captain Deadpool. No, just, just Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah. From Weasel picking him in a Deadpool. We talked about it earlier. It's who's gonna die first. Yep. Uh, and I believe this is right out of the comics. I believe this is a this is a piece from the comics. Oh, it's, maybe. It later they 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 retcon it that that's why he's called that. Uh, I I think of a um you know, the Clint Eastwood movie, The Deadpool, which is the same concept. Like, it's which celebrity is going to die next. Oh, do you remember dirty. who the first celebrity to die in that movie is? I do not. It's a one young uh, James Carey. Jim Carrey? No kidding. <laughs> Again, it's, he's That's the funny. rock star. He's a satanic rock oh, star. Oh, right, 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 right. It's so oh, wild. You're like, what the fuck? Jim Carrey's in this movie? <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Pre-in-living color, I believe. A very good friend of ours, Jay Falzone, who stood up in our wedding, who's Aubrey's, you know, one of her best friends for 20 you years. You couldn't get seats for these people? He had to stand up in there in the wedding? Yeah, that's right. Thank God, man. Move it along, guys. So, Deadpool picks the name Deadpool from Weasel yep. picking him in the bar's Deadpool and moves into a home for the elderly blind with an elderly blind woman named Al. It smells like old lady pants in here. Yes, I'm old. I wear pants. But you're no lady. The wonderfully uh, fucking national treasure that is Leslie Uggams. Yeah, she's their chemistry is so good. She's so and good. In this I don't movie. think she was on my radar before this, and I feel uh, like you've never seen Roots. Oh my god! I mean, oh my god! She's really okay. fucking Roots. <laughs> I mean, what? Oh, yeah, there. Yep, there it She's is. She's like, um, what's her character's name? Uh, Kizzy Reynolds. Kizzy, Kizzy. That's, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I'm looking at her credits, like, certainly 1970s, 1980s TV. Uh, but Magnum P.I., Hotel, The Love Boat, The Cosby Show, A Different World. Mm, Cosby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She's wonderful. And their chemistry is just so good. Yeah, it's so good. So over the course of the next year, he questions murders and many of HX associates. <laughs> you're, you're about to be killed by a Zamboni. This sequence is so good. The hunting sequence, uh, mm -hmm. including the, you know, the, the 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 soundtrack for this movie is pretty good. It's James Gunn level of goodness to the soundtrack. We didn't yes. talk about it in the beginning, but the song playing in the car during um, the, oh, the Angel of the Morning. Yeah, that comes back later. Yeah. 
we get uh, so during the the year joke where they're dating, it's Calendar Girl by Neil which Sedaka. Fucking makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Uh, so the rap that we get there, which includes Captain Deadpool, nah, just Deadpool, yeah. is the Deadpool rap by Team Headkick. So make of that uh, what you will. I don't know who that is. But listen. It's infectious. But it's great. It's great. Yeah. It, it sure is. It sure is. Over the course of the next year, he questions and murders many of Jay Jack's associates until one, one, the recruiter comes back, reveals Jack's whereabouts. I love when he's about to fuck up the recruiter. He's like, This is not going to end well. This is not going to end well for you, no. Where's your boss? I can tell you exactly. Oh, you'll tell me. But first. You might want to look away for this. He physically, like, moves the camera. <laughs> and then you just hear the screams of torture and anguish from him. Now, this little piggy went to... Ah! Yep, it's appropriate. Thank you, Agent Smith. In the outtakes, there's bits here. My stuntman's about to fuck you up. Like, it's... It just, <laughs> go watch the outtakes if you I haven't seen I forgot that one. <laughs> that might be my favorite of all of them, actually. <laughs> That's up there with the, I like to bend her over uh, the falls and, what is it, from uh, Horrible Bosses. Oh, I like I to bend her over that. the falls and show her all 50 states. Yeah. That's, <laughs> what, what, nobody says that. I'm pretty sure that was in a movie. No, yeah. it wasn't. It is now. Yeah, that's, that, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. Bait, is it Bateman? No, that it's Sudeikis. It's Sudeikis, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, it's always Sudeikis. It's Sudeikis, yeah, yeah. Which we are going back through. Um, well, I'm going back through it. Dan's watching for the first time um, Ted Lasso, season two. Oh, can't wait. We get that this month, too. Yes, we do. That's why we're oh, watching it. Month. I'm like, you got to get caught up. Well, get, we can oh. stop Strange New Worlds for a bit. <laughs> we got to get caught up on this shit. So this information that he gets from the recruiter allows Deadpool to enact an ambush. He kills all of, of Ajax's henchmen, subdues Ajax himself, and demands a cure but the X-Man Colossus and his trainee, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, what the shit? interrupt him. Colossus attempts to con- convince Deadpool to mend his ways and join the X-Men. Deadpool turns him down, taking advantage of this distraction with a period joke. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Ajax <laughs> escapes and regroups with Angel Dust. The two of them head to Weasel's Bar where Ajax hears of Vanessa. And of course, this isn't going to work out well. Ajax kidnaps Vanessa and takes her to a decommissioned helicarrier in a scrapyard. Can we, can we hung, I'm sorry. I didn't put sure, a note no, here, please. but can yeah. we take a minute and talk about when we first both saw this movie and went, holy shit, there's a helicarrier in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just not even going to acknowledge it. We're not even going to acknowledge that. Like, yep. like, obviously, it's not the same design of the MCU. Is that how they're getting away with it? They... Never addressed. It's just there. It's clearly a helicarrier. No one's. I wonder if it's because yeah. no one calls it a helicarrier. Oh, sure. You can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, a hundred percent. Now, in response, Deadpool convinces Colossus and Negasonic to help him get her back. They battle Angel Dust and a group of Ajax's men. Bob, wait. Oh my god, I haven't seen you since Jacksonville. DGI Fridays. Fridays. Bob from Hydra. Bob that from Hydra. Is that one is of the best life. running jokes in the Deadpool series. Even we it, know that one. Yeah, and it's but he's an actual comic book character. He's Bob from Hydra, so he's from the Deadpool comics. But it's a great bit. And then he cold cocks him, knocks him out, and just drags him away. How are the kids? Good. And Gail, she's still fixing that tuna casserole. So good. Oh, but bad for the waistline. Oh, now this fight is just again 
again, every bit as technically brilliant as the John Wick movies. Mm-hmm. It's so good and so funny. The fact that they're able to do both of those and keep both of those in focus is just incredible to me. Yeah. Um, so Deadpool fights his way to Ajax. Uh, yep. With, I'm going to have to say, one of the best quips to fight lines of all time. Let's dance. And by dance, I mean let's try to kill each other. Yeah, yeah, Holy yeah. shit, that's um, great. This is the great bit, and it tracks so well with, you know, in this movie at least, Deadpool's healing ability is on par with Wolverine, right? Like it's Yeah, 100%. You can't kill him. He gets stabbed in the in the skull with a knife by Ajax, which the damage to the brain while the blade is in there is enough to start, you know, he starts seeing the uh, unicorns the, and the, the unicorns, the bunny yeah. and the turtle fucking, yeah, while, while talking yeah, to Vanessa. Is, so there's a lot of original music, but then there's songs. So famously, X going to give it to you is They're what walking. happens to key yeah. off the, the, the action sequence. What is the song? It's Chicago's You're the Inspiration. Mm-hmm. Hallucinating. And then he starts miming like the... Well, first he mimes the heart, and then right. he does the finger through the hole on the other finger. Yeah, hot sex. dogs and donuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and her. At that moment when she said asshole, I'm like, uh-oh, are they not going to end up together at the end of the film? Is this all going to be for naught? It's just so good. It's just so, so good. Yeah. Slows down when he's got the, uh, and then he pulls it out. And, sh- and of course, not only is it the song, it's like the song slowed God, down. Uh, during the battle, Negasonic accidentally destroys the equipment, stabilizing the helicarrier. And fucking nothing is made of this the rest of the film. Like, there's never a moment where Colossus is like, Negasonic, you need to be more careful with, with your powers. You almost killed all these people. Yeah. But, or like <laughs> Deadpool being like, hey, you almost killed us. Or Negasonic apologizing for it. It's like, yeah, she almost killed everybody. Yeah, listen, That's totally listen, fine. It was them versus an army. She's a trainee. Yeah, what are you going to do? Um, now, Deadpool protects Vanessa as the ship collapses all around them, while Colossus carries Negasonic and Angel Dust to safety. Mm-hmm. Ajax attacks Deadpool again, but is overpowered. Dead uh, Ajax makes the bad decision to reveal that a cure never existed to begin with, and despite Colossus's pleas, moments when you're offered a choice to make a sacrifice, conquer a flaw, save a friend, spare an enemy. In these moments, everything else falls away. The way the world sees us, the way we. Deadpool kills Ajax. Oh my god, this is the best death. Why? Because Colossus is doing this like impassioned speech, four or five moments. You have four or five moments in your life to become a hero. It's not a hero, and he's going through it, and all of a sudden, like you could just feel Deadpool like bored. (laughs) You were droning on. The four or five moments, that was my note as well. It's so Mm -hmm. good. Four Um, or five moments. But Deadpool does promise Colossus that he will try to be more heroic moving forward. Promise. Yeah, yeah, I'll be on the lookout for the next four moments. Vanessa then angrily berates Wilson for leaving her, but she reconciles with him after she sees his disfigured face. After a brief adjustment period and a bunch of drinks, it's a face... I'd be happy to sit on. But not before seeing a Hugh Jackman cameo. A Hugh Jackman, ca- quote, air quotes, cameo. Yes. Yeah, it's as close as they could get. 
That's right. And he learns, uh, and she learns the real reason why he never came back to her. So that would be movie, except well, there is a, well, hang on. Well, it's not in the synopsis, so we got to talk about it. Yeah, but when did Okay. The movie pans out. Mm-hmm. Deadpool says, You don't need to be a superhero to get the girl. The right girl will bring out the hero in you. Now, Let's finish this epic wide shot. Pull out. There we go. That looks nice. It's going to be about the only thing that's pulling out tonight. Who doesn't love a happy ending, huh? Until next time, this is your friendly neighborhood pool guy singing, I'm never going to dance again the way I dance with and you. Except we get Ferris Bueller. Get the Ferris Bueller. You're still here. It's over. Go home. In the house, the whole night, or at least a recreation of the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he comes out and goes... Oh, you're expecting a teaser for Deadpool 2. Well, we don't have that kind of money. You're expecting Sam Jackson show up with an eye patch and a saucy little leather number? Go. He does the exact... His head popping out and like kind of turning is exactly like Matthew Broderick did it. It's so perfect. You know, I think that maybe this is why I love Ryan Reynolds so much. There are definitely performers that I enjoy their work, but I also think that they see themselves apart from their fans. Like, I feel like this bit, the the Ferris Bueller's Day Off, I feel like Ryan Reynolds is just as much a fan of the stuff that we love. Oh, 100%. You know, you know what I mean? Like, so it's genuine. I He strikes me as genuine. I think that's why I... I like him so much. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And um, he goes to leave, and then he comes back, and he gives us a little tidbit for Deadpool 2, which is... Oh, but I can tell you one thing, and it's a bit of a secret. The sequel, we're going to have Cable. Bold. Amazing character. Bionic arm, time travel. We have no idea who we're going to cast yet, but it could be anybody. Just need a big guy with a flat top. Could be Mel Gibson, Dolph Lundgren, Kira Knightley. She's got range. Who knows? Anyway, big secret. Oh, and don't leave your garbage all lying around. It's a total dick move. The instant he said that, I had this flood of, oh, my God, all that fan art. Yeah. After we come out of Keira Knightley as Cable. As Cable, yeah. To the point where, like, people are like, it better be Keira Knightley. I'm like, it's not going to be fucking Keira Knightley. Right. Because, spoiler yeah. for the second movie, Cable it's is, in fact, Keira. there. Yeah. It's not Keira And Keira it Knightley. is Josh Brolin himself. Who was having a very good year. That's right. Yeah, he, he was having a very good year that year. Yeah. But Casey, and that, dear listeners, is in fact movie. movie. Oh, Todd. Oh, Casey, this movie's so good. Oh, happy birthday to me and to everyone. To everyone for giving us this great gift. So, Todd, of course, as always, we have some questions. We sure do. Hey, Todd, who's your favorite character? I mean, Listen, everyone in this movie is brilliant, but it's Ryan Reynolds as Wade Wilson, a.k.a. Deadpool. So, Deadpool. Because Deadpool. actor. It's a character. Yep, 100%. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's the title character. Sure. If, it's, if, if it's not the title, if the title of the movie is the name of a character in the movie and they're not your favorite character. That's going to be a problem. They're doing the movie wrong. Yeah. Uh, agree. Agree. Yeah. Um, Casey, here's one. Whatever you say, I'm going to agree, but there is oh, yeah. literally no wrong answer. What is the best scene in the movie? 
Oh, it's got to be the uh, Where's Francis montage. Trying to find out where Francis is. That's good. The whole was, montage is so great. It, Fucking that, spider monkey. Listen, that's great. But the overpass fight. I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah sure. Right? Like, sure. again, literally, you point to any moment in the movie. Yep, it's great. It's oh, great. also a great moment to show off Leslie Uggams is when he's sitting on the couch with her and he's oh. got the little baby hand. He's like, you should leave now. And some gross stuff's going to happen. I bet it feels ginormous. <laughs> And she goes to leave. Go, 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 go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> which we'll, we'll get just more of, which I love in Deadpool too. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Oh, you're just straight shirt cocking it? Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, is there anything you would cut? Nothing. Not a no. minute. It's not a short movie. It's uh, No, it, it is. It's an hour and 40 minutes. I mean, well, yeah, I wouldn't say that's short. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's 140. I mean, 148 if you go all the yeah, way Yeah, but, but the credits are. Uh, yeah, but. It's, it's 144 worth without credits. Okay. So that's nothing. Uh, Under two hours in this day and age? Well, Fuck yeah. but listen, we I mean, we watched some movies that were like an hour 15, and we we're like, oh, that was long. No, there's nothing here to cut. I do love one of the things that I <laughs> that uh Deadpool wished had cut when he's fast forwarding to catch us back up to where we were, yeah, and there's that quick shot of him <laughs> with the unicorn stuffy on his head, and he's oh. violently masturbating. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> He's good. like, oh, I don't think you were supposed to see that. that. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's uh, great. And, uh, of course, well, I'm well, pretty sure I know what well, the answer is. Should I ask the question, though? Oh, yeah, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, it's a formality, because we know that the actor having the most fun is, of course, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. it's 100%. It's it's. it's this is a labor of love, and he loved it so much that he's going to keep doing it. So there's, mm. that's a good sign. Yeah. Did you read the thing about how he stole the suit? Yes. And to go to children's hospitals at Fox Studios, just like, I don't know what you're talking about. He didn't steal any suits. <laughs> like, yeah. They were just like, we're going to ignore that we're he stole ignore the suit. We're going to ignore this, 100%. Yep. 100%. Even though he's over social media everywhere wearing the suit. It's Fox still they- is like... They Ryan made the him. Thing. I don't know what they you're made about. him. When you figure in merchandising, they probably made him. He made them a billion dollars. So, yeah. oh, hands down, and especially between this and Deadpool. Oh, too. Deadpool like, too. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, so he can fucking keep that costume. Uh, Casey, that was Unlike a great poor Ben Affleck. Oh, that's sad. He tried to steal. A, he tried to take a bat suit, and someone's like, "Well, uh, if you want to give us twenty five thousand dollars, you can take one." Motherfuckers! <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, I guess I'm not getting a bat suit." So we're not here to talk about depressing Batman. We're here to talk about the next great movie that we're going to watch. Well, I mean, shouldn't we give our score? There's a couple things we got to do before that. If I'm we looking can, at our script, <laughs> sure, we could do that. What the fuck, man? Casey, I know it's. I know it's late. It's I know late. we've been talking for a while. We've been talking but, for a while. Listen, all right. Uh, you Dad's didn't hear- breakdown we can skip because you should not show this to children. Unless- oh, my children both watch this. And- yeah, sure. Of course your children did. Well, listen, there's a rule. If mom asks, you do not lie. But if mom doesn't ask, you don't volunteer. And that's rule may have been invented for this movie because oh they both God. saw Deadpool 1. Yes. <laughs> you motherfucker. Yep. You took him to see Deadpool 2, the Once Upon a Deadpool, when, right? Yeah, we saw that in the theaters. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. But, but once this came out on on Blu-ray and I had it, we watched it and I was like, don't lie to mom, but if she doesn't ask, don't tell her. Was that now, Casey, uh, she also caught me watching Rick and Morty with the boys, so yeah, at this point I think she's oh, just no. given up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fine. Um, well, they're they're sixteen, sixteen and fourteen. So yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. They're here point. far worse on the bus. Yeah, exactly. Um, Casey, 
listen, this is criminally underrated here. Oh yeah, What's IMDb. IMDb has an eight out of ten. It's a nine point seven. This is a ten out of ten. Yeah, that, yeah I knew you were going to say that. Every moment's perfect. There's nothing to cut. There's no you know weak what? spots. There's nothing. Yeah, fuck it. It's a ten. It's, it's a, a ten. ten. Yeah, yeah, it's a ten. yeah. If, if you're flipping channels and this is on, I'm watching yeah, it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh God, I love that movie. It's so good. All right, so we've gushed. We've loved. Here's hoping we gush in love for the next movie. Because it is time for... And now it's time to pick the next movie from Thor's Helmet. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. And I'm sure I'm about to pull a great movie. Sure, it's going to be fabulous. I'm far too drunk for this not to be a good movie. It's, I'm and sure by, it's going to be By fun. that, I mean I'm not drunk at all. I'm just a little tipsy, but... Okay. It's, oh. There's a lot of words, so Fuck. I think it might be a series. Hold on. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, no. Well, hmm. hit me with it. Um, you know how we sometimes... Do the guessing game? It's no, 10 of 11. We're going to do the guessing <laughs> You know how sometimes, you know, you have the original movie, and then you have the second one that goes a little bit darker, and then you have the third one where you bring in a comic to lighten the tone? Well, what movie is, started that trope? Is it Superman 3? It's Superman 3. Colin may or may not be on the next episode. Okay, that's fair. If he can join us, awesome. If he can't, maybe he can record his thoughts, feelings, and reactions yeah, about we'll... this fucking batshit crazy Superman movie. Now, I'm not going to say bad, because I don't think this is a bad movie. It's just batshit crazy. <laughs> so, I, so I remember this movie. This movie comes out in 1983. <laughs> it's so and, fucking weird. And... And Papa took us to see it in the movie theaters. And I so you would enjoyed have been 12? It. I was 12. And yeah, I enjoyed that you're it. the perfect age for this movie. Yeah. So, I mean, the amazing Christopher Reeve and the brilliant Richard Pryor in a Superman movie. Okay. Um, are we going to ignore Robert Vaughn? How dare you? Uh that's right, right. I mean, listen. I mean, it's it does not suffer for talent in the movie. Uh, Annette O'Toole, Jackie Cooper, Margot Kidder. Yeah, I mean, this is directed by the gentleman who took over for uh, Richard Donner for Superman Two. Oh, Richard Lester. Richard Lester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, uh, and Gavin O'Hurley is in it. You don't know his name, but he. Yes, I do. Oh, He's do you? Brad. <laughs> Who's Brad? Brad, his his character in Superman three. Brad. Oh, oh, uh, okay. Uh, he's definitely a that guy actor. What would he? Trying to look and see what would, I mean. Oh, he's he was in Willow. Willow. Yeah, he he plays a he plays a bad guy really really well. Oh wow, he just died. Oh, did he really? September fifteenth, twenty twenty one. Oh, that's unfortunate. Oh, he was on Voyager. Yeah. So Todd, let's watch that trailer. When it's time for adventure, it's time for Superman. Alexander Salkine presents Christopher Reeve and Richard Pryor in Superman 3. This time, Richard Pryor has come to Metropolis. Oh, I'm sorry. And he's got something to sell. (laughs) He's the best con man and the world's greatest computer genius. Let me tell you something. 
I can't ski! But then he falls. <laughs> for a scheme to turn the ultimate computer into the ultimate weapon. Well, what would it do for me? It would do anything you tell me to tell it to do. A machine so powerful. Baby! It's Daddy! It can control the Earth. Now, getting down to business. Change the weather. Now something. You're a genius. And reprogram Superman. Thought you'd never get here. Well, I hope you don't expect me to save you, because I don't do that anymore. Huh? He didn't die. I ask you to kill Superman, and you're telling me you couldn't even do that one simple thing. Ah. All right, Webster, the game's over. But only the man who pulled the switch on Superman. Oh, uh, see, I'm not with them, Superman. Could have fooled me, mister. Can pull the plug on Super Machine. You're going to go down in history as the man who killed Superman. Um, no. Thank you, brother. Superman 3. Uh, watch the trees. Whoa! This time is going to be the best time of all. So, Todd, that'll be for next time. Um, uh, so, P- Casey, we've shared some opinions. Oh, we sure have. People may want to share them back. How do they get in touch with us? Uh, Hive, T-S- is at T-S-P-H-C. Uh, Twitter is T-S-P-H-C Tweets. Instagram is Superpod HeroCast. And lastly, I fixed our Mastodon. It's not the big, long, stupid one anymore. Okay. It is T-S-P-H-C at Mastodon.social. Okay, so great. At TSPHC at Mastodon.social. Still not great, but a little better. It's better. And yeah. of course, if you'd like to write us a long form uh, response to one of our movies, you can do that by emailing us at superpodherocast at gmail.com. And why is that, Todd? Because only Cap writes letters. Tony. Music for the podcast comes to us from two places. Our theme song is Take a Chance by Kevin McLeod. You can find his music at incompetech.com. Our beer music is Feather Duster by Shane Ivers. Find his music at silvermansound.com. So that'll do it for the Superpod HeroCast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. And I've been your moderator, Danny Ryan. The Heroic. Heroic. All right, right. man. I can't believe it took us 100 plus episodes for me to realize if I went one, two, three, (laughs) we we could say it at the same time. Say it at the same time. Because the visual's not, it's just our voices that get delayed sometimes. 100%. I'm going to stop recording now. I know what you're thinking right now. My boyfriend said this was a superhero movie, but he just stabbed that guy like it was a fucking kebab. (laughs) That's right. We get the.
Oh, he how's, gets, my, how's my Ryan Reynolds more drink? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, I love the. It's getting cut for the line, but. Um, after concern. Oh, wait. No, we already did that. Where the fuck are we? Hi, Todd. Oh, because your your cursor was there. I thought you were typing oh. right then. So I was like, <laughs> hi, Todd. Oh, that's funny. As we're collaborating on the Google Doc. That's mm-hmm. funny. Combat, exploration, and role play. These are known as the three pillars of play that make every game of Dungeons & Dragons exciting, tense, and rewarding. But we believe there's another pillar to the world's greatest role-playing game, and that fourth pillar is creation. Are you a dungeon master who has always wanted to create your own monsters? Execute your own adventures? Design your own challenges, spells, classes, and lineages? That is what we here at the Fourth Pillar of Play, a Night Shift radio production, are doing. Learning game design by designing games. We are not professionals. We are enthusiastic amateurs, just like many of you. So join us as we review and discuss information by professional game designers and put theory into practice by creating new worlds, new monsters, and new opportunities for heroic players. I'm Josh. And I'm Talon. Join us at the fourth pillar of play, available wherever you download your podcasts or visit us at www.fourthpillarofplay.com. And we look forward to creating with you. Commander, where are we? We seem to be stuck in an alternate dimension. And you're no longer a captain, you're a commander. Commander. Dear God! Are you a lieutenant? And why are you talking like that? Oh, no, I don't, I don't know why I'm talking like that. But no, I seem uh, to have no rank. Only the title of doctor? I don't think there are admirals either. Captain, I mean, commander, I mean, look, Casey, we are getting a message. It seems we have been tasked with reviewing a historical document entitled Galaxy Quest? Then there's no moment to spare. Engage! I, I I don't think um, Night Shift Radio Legal has cleared usage of engage, so you might want to just oh. dial that back there. All right. Well, then, I guess it's up to us to say, join us over on the Where No Mom Has Gone Before podcast as we review 1999's Galaxy Quest. Never give up. Never surrender. Mom? Mom?